0: Welcome to School of Movies. (laughs) We need to talk about Anakin.
1: You fought in the Clone Wars? Yes, I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. I wish I'd known him. He was the best star pilot in the galaxy. warrior, And he was a good friend. Which reminds me. I have something here for you. Your father wanted you to have this when you were old enough. What is it? Your father's lightsaber. For over a thousand generations, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and justice in the old Republic, before the dark times, before the Empire. A Jedi named Darth Vader, who was a pupil of mine until he turned to evil, helped the Empire hunt down and destroy the Jedi Knights. Vader was seduced by the dark side of the Force. Now the Jedi are all but extinct.
0: That was a piece called Obi-Wan Has PTSD by Sam Moore. I recommend thoroughly seeing the original version on YouTube with accompanying visuals. The focus for this episode was partly inspired by the video The Case Against the Jedi Order by Pop Culture Detective, which we also thoroughly recommend you watch. And subscribe to that guy's channel, he's amazing. Welcome to a revised appraisal of Episodes 1 to 3. This is being put together in the wake of Episode 8, The Last Jedi, which gave us a new perspective on the history of the series, and in fact, picking up a few of the negative elements we explored earlier and running with them. This also marks the first time Sharon has spoken directly about the prequels. Now, I'm doing this because I am personally tired of hating them. I'm tired of being bothered by them. They stuck around after the big continuity cull, stinking up the past, and I need to reconfigure them in my own head. So I want you all to entertain the following notion, just for the duration of this podcast. George Lucas knew exactly what he was doing, and was in fact telling a really well-executed story. Now, we know that that's rationally not true. The contrary is evidential, and this isn't one of those YouTube videos that claims that the prequels are secretly genius. I know they're not. But if we're going to resituate these immovable stories and see them from a certain point of view, if we're going to run with Disney towards a brighter future for the series, we have to abandon the evidence that they were poorly made and ill-considered. We have to look at what we are presented with and what happens as established fact rather than as constructed entertainment, poorly constructed. If they're movies, they suck. But if they're historical documents, like in Galaxy Quest, we can work with that.
2: A year since we first received transmission of your historical documents, we have studied every facet of your missions
0: and strategies. You've been watching the show, Lieutenant? Historical documents historical documents from out here? Yes. By all means, go back to my original prequel shows if you want three hours of me wailing on George. That's not my intention here. He has paid his dues, he let go of his universe, and he donated the $4 he got from Disney to charity. He's taken enough fanboy hatred to last 10 lifetimes. And right now, I'm pretty steamed at Star Wars fanboy backlash myself since I put out a video on why The Last Jedi is great for everybody and had it receive... Hundreds of dislikes and shitty comments. And all I did was call the fans complaining about breaches of physics and the use of heretofore untapped Jedi powers a bunch of squealing green pigmen. Although, thank you to everyone who said something positive. That helped to stem the torrents of effluent. So let's look at the key characters of The Phantom Menace... Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith each in turn, with possible smatterings of Clone Wars and later canonical Star Wars stories to provide context, what we're looking for here is how each of them contributed to the turning of Anakin Skywalker to the dark side. It's like a murder mystery where everyone kind of did it, with the ultimate manipulator and beneficiary being Sheev Palpatine. This is the saga of a young man driven to his breaking point, a young man who ultimately went on a killing spree and proceeded to maintain the persona of the monster he became that day. It's not funny or exciting, it's tragic. But that in no way justifies Anakin's behaviour. He was given access to opportunities to make different decisions and ultimately did not take them. We're not making excuses for him. This is a post-mortem psychological assessment. It might change the way you see many beloved characters. Remember when I talked about how the Phantom Menace lightsaber fight was just coordinated dance, and that made it impossible to watch without that knowledge? Well, we are going to go ten times deeper than that tonight. So to start, cast your mind back to 1999, when we first met Anakin Skywalker as a young boy on Tatooine. Who was he? Who was little Anakin? Little Annie, if you will.
3: A bright, mostly optimistic...
0: He's bright enough to be... Yeah, he's good at engineering.
3: Um, he is not wise about the world. No. By any stretch of the imagination. He is, he is very naive. Um, he is sheltered. Um, in spite of the fact that he is apparently... A slave and has had a life that we can reasonably assume has contained some degree of hardship, although we don't see a significant amount of that. Um, but it's
0: still a use. The Phantom Menace was a you. They were like slave this and slave that, and mm. and these guys are basically in service of Water, who we'll get to in a minute. Yeah, and I'm assuming he just had to pre- he had to perform engineering duties as a boy for young Watto mm.
3: and, and I don't know he has in mind the shop or something yeah um, but but yeah I mean ultimately he's but he
0: was told on no uncertain terms that if he and his mother tried to escape then they blow you up do they? yeah okay he, that's a line from the film
3: all the slaves have a transmitter placed
0: inside their body somewhere
1: I've been working on a scanner to try and locate mine. Any attempt to escape. And they blow you up. Right.
0: It's like those movies, there are several of them, specifically made in the 80s, where whenever a prisoner tries to run away, their head explodes.
3: Okay, well, something...
0: He's got a bomb in his head. Something
3: (laughs) has clearly prevented him from really absorbing the seriousness of this situation. Yeah,
0: he's very au fait with it.
3: Because it doesn't seem to have much of an effect on his uh, sense of having his freedom restricted. Um, Which kind of begs the question, how far exactly do you have to run before they waste the explosive? Because, like, Tatooine's mostly desert. Just let people run off far enough without water. And
0: I mean, and also, who's doing the detonation? Would that be, like, Watto? Does he have a little... Click, click, okay, device.
3: Okay, right. I think we are rapidly falling down the hole of criticising no, no. the storytelling No, no, here.
0: I'm not criticising it. I'm taking it as literal. I mean, we have to think about what is being said and what that entails.
3: Right, okay. So, um, so basically, then, if we look at it in terms of what Anakin's being asked to do is relatively light duties, most mm. of which he seems to enjoy. But if so he the ran actual... away in the middle
0: of the night, Watto would flip a little switch and he'd just, poof, yeah die.
3: Okay. So... Um, oh, it's a no good slave, yes. So first off then, he's coming from a position of, um, he's a thing. Yeah. He's an object. He yeah. is owned. Um, And that... I mean, he he even makes the point to Padme, I'm a person and my name is Anakin. So it, it obviously has an effect on him in some... To some degree.
0: But it informs heavily on his character insofar as he never stops being a slave. And this is going to carry on throughout the podcast. He's in the mindset of, I can't run away from this. I'm not allowed. Mm. That he is trapped with who he's with permanently.
3: Right. Okay. So the concept of basically and that actually
0: runs with him all the way up to the very end of his life because yep. he's tr- he's manacled to um, Palpatine after yep. that.
3: So the the concept of basically saying, right, this situation sucks, I'm leaving does yeah. not exist for him. No. Okay. So um, by that argument then he's trapped. That's part of his character. Yep. He's he is psychologically unable to leave situations which are uncomfortable for him. Yeah. So he cannot take steps to change his, his fate, his outcomes. Yeah. He is severely limited in terms of what he can do to uh, change anything within his life. He can only act within certain boundaries. And
0: yet he looks to the stars all the time. I want to be the first one to see them all. He's got this yearning to be out there to be free, mm-hmm. but he can't because he's a slave and they blow you up.
2: I'm a pilot, you know, and someday I'm going to fly away from this place. You're a pilot? Mm-hmm. All my life. How long have you been here? Since I was very little. Three, I think. My mom and I were sold to Gordula the Hut, but she lost us betting on the pod races. You're a slave?
1: I'm a person, and my name is Anakin. I'm sorry. I don't fully understand. This is a strange place to me.
2: Hmm. <gasps>
0: what? What? What ah! Historical documents, historical documents.
3: But I want to be the first one to see them all is a that, that is not a realistic ambition. No. And he's got to know that. He's 9. 9. Uh,
0: okay. Uh we're edging closer to George's bad writing. No, no, no. But <laughs> but,
3: but my point being that, that that's kind of a
0: He's an underdeveloped nine-year-old who was yeah. never told. That's just a bunch of like.
3: Okay, but but that is that's like a, a sort of a. Um, I don't know. I don't know what quite what the word is. It's a, a, a meandering daydream. It's yeah. not a, a plan. It is for... indulging
0: in vain fantasy.
3: Yeah. Well. Yeah. Indeed.
0: I mean, even in the Star Wars universe, the general mythology follows that the events go on over what. Couple of dozen planets within a galaxy, far, far away. They don't even possess the capabilities of flying to each star.
3: So, um, so that's his escape. Then this is not this is not something that he realistically mm. ever believes he's going to achieve.
0: And he's been a slave since. But from the sounds of it, Shmi was a slave, and then she had Anakin. Mm. Apropos of nothing. So God knows how long she was a slave to Watto before that. Mm.
3: Well, y- ah, no, hang on a minute. Doesn't he say something about Watto bought both of them
0: from Gardula the Hut? <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, they were slaves to Gardula the Hutt. Mm. And it, it's the same situation. Shmi was a slave. Mm-hmm. And everything about Shmi suggests she's... Well, we can get to Shmi now if you want to. She, okay, Because we'll be going back to Anakin periodically anyway.
3: Yeah, Shmi strikes me as being... She's, she's a broken woman on a lot of levels. Looking at how positive and cheery Anakin is... Mm. She sheltered him from a lot, Hmm. which means she's taken a lot on her shoulders to keep it off him. Oh, yeah.
0: She's um, very sad and slight and quiet, Mm. and her eyes are haunted.
3: Yeah. Um, And if we uh, disregard the notion of she somehow became magically impregnated by a false ghost, which I personally think is a cover story, um, then that means that at some point she either had a relationship with somebody that she knew she wouldn't be allowed to continue or the pregnancy was the result of, of some kind of assault.
0: Yes. However, since we have to take everything as literal... Uh,
3: we don't have to. No. She can, we only hear yeah. that story from her. She can be an unreliable narrator. She can be an unreliable
0: unreliable Okay, so that's fine. We're still working within the parameters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but if Anakin was conceived by the midichlorians, just because that traumatic event wasn't there, she didn't necessarily want... To have a child. Mm, That was not her choice. So she's then saddled with this kid. And they're working for um, this... Can't call him a racist stereotype of six different kinds. But this hook-nosed alien, (laughs) Toydarian, Mm. uh, for six years from when he was three and sold to Watto by Gardula the Hutt. Shmi... I mean, we never really see her doing slavy things. In fact, she just seems to sort of hang around in her home most of the time, washing dishes. Kind of like a very old-fashioned version of what a mum does. Mm. Pretty much Aunt Baro.
3: Does Watto live in that house with them?
0: Oh, God, I'm going to be sick. You come into Watto's room and help him sleep. Uh, I don't believe so. I believe Watto has his own lodgings okay. and they was... are allowed this... Quarters.
3: Yeah, because I was just thinking, is the work that Shmi does on a day-to-day basis effectively for him? Is she keeping his house? But um,
0: no, he never like Water doesn't eat the meal with them. mm, Okay. So yeah, that that was Anakin's life growing up on Tatooine. Okay, just dust and uh, gadgets and uh, scrap piles. Yeah. And, and
3: there are there are parallels there with Rey and her um her starting out in yes. at uh, the beginning of the Force Awakens. More
0: with Anakin than with uh, Luke actually. Yeah.
3: Yeah, absolutely because of that that I mean he has Shmi, so he has more family than she has. Yeah. Um, but um, and but yeah, she does have that kind of optimism despite mm. being surrounded by hardship.
0: But she will patiently wait for people to come and get her because mm. she's uh, that's the thing she clings to, rather than like part. Yeah, she wants to go jet off into the outer atmosphere. Hence, like she's staring at these ships going off. But um, she like feels manacled to this place, mm. and you know, regardless of who her parents are that's a similar level. Like She manages to break free of those shackles in a way that I think Anakin never could. Mm, Yeah. Very quickly. So Anakin has a bunch of friends about his age. One scene that we never got to see, and it's really important, is after the pod race... Uh, Qui-Gon finds Anakin beating the living crap out of a little Rodian uh, who apparently said that Anakin cheated uh, at the pod race to win it and then um, as Anakin sort of kicks him away and the Rodian runs off he shouts back, you're going to get yours, Greedo and it's like, ah, oh, that Greedo, he was always running into trouble
1: What's this all about?
2: He said I cheated Did you? No
1: you still think he cheated? Well, Annie, you know the truth. You'll just have to tolerate his opinion. Fighting will not change it.
0: Uh, but that shows a darkness in him the idea that, you know, he's accused of cheating and he lashes out. Mm. That wasn't in there. But we can take it as a portion ripped out of the sacred texts. <laughs>
3: Um, whoever it was adapted these um, history documents documents, into poorly made movies um, left that part I mean we could
0: just say it did or didn't happen but Mm. uh, it does suggest that there was a darkness in Anakin already but he he did have friends and they have that uh, really terrifying generic child laugh when they turn up. It happens twice. They go (laughs) Um, but you know that's fine we won't hold it against them. That was just the way they laughed So Watto, uh, their captor I mean, we've already summarised him. He considers them to be things. Mm. That's it. I mean, they're they're valuable to him, but uh, there's there's an, an idea that he has grown somewhat fond of Anakin, and thus mm. that's why he's pissed off when he, Anakin gets taken away. Yeah, but, but also, he's, he's, still... he's a feckless, layabout thug who d- doesn't take care of himself, and you see what he becomes after Anakin is taken away. He's yeah. this dropout.
3: But ultimately, it's still... He... It's still about assets. It's still about, um, you know, what is this child worth to me in yeah. terms of, you know, what could I swap him for? No ship it's, is
0: worth the two slaves. Yeah,
3: exactly. Um, it's,
0: uh, Was it no ship or no pod racer?
3: Uh, Doesn't no matter. Pod, but it's,
0: it's, no pod is worth the two slaves. Yeah, but the
3: point being that the, the fact that Anakin does not have uh, meaningful relationships with anybody apart from his mother... Um, I mean, yes, all right, you do see him uh, interacting with the kids, but you don't there's not enough of that to indicate how he behaves with other people and whether he's forming any significant attachments with anyone else. No. certainly in terms of this person cares about me and thinks I'm worth something, literally, it's just his mother. yeah, that's important for later.
0: Then a Jedi comes along with his laser sword and Anakin's like a Sawyer laser sword and Qui-Gon ingratiates himself upon the boy, suggests... I mean, he's the first Jedi, I believe, that Anakin's ever met uh, and uh, from what Anakin knows of Jedi, he brings with him the promise of getting off this damn world. So immediately Anakin sees this guy as is like, right, you might be my ticket out of here. On some subconscious level that a child might think you know he's definitely he's torn in two directions because he doesn't want to leave his mother but um qui-gon represents an escape for him but also the idea of becoming a jedi and um clearly anakin also with the pod racing has been dallying with the force he's the only human who can do it Mm. so uh he also he already knows he's not a normal kid
3: Yeah, but he has no framework to put that in.
0: Hmm. But Qui Gon comes along and he's full of answers. Uh, You know, Anakin says, "asking questions," and Qui Gon says, "I don't know," but in that kind of "I do know" way, Mm. or we'll work it out together. Does that sound familiar?
3: Well, see, this this is you see this in Qui Gon from from the beginning of the movie, even before he um, he gets to Tatooine, he's. the dynamic between him and Obi Wan is basically that Obi Wan is like the spear point. He, you know, pilots the craft when they're on Naboo, um, and he's sort of the 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 action first kind of person. Mm-hmm. And Qui-Gon hangs back and dispenses wisdom pellets in a manner that of where he chooses when these things might be appropriate mm-hmm. and says nothing where he chooses not to because he thinks it's appropriate for other people to figure it out themselves. Um, he's uh, for all that he's supposed to be this great master um, and master of diplomacy, he is he's aggressive and insulting towards Jar Jar.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: One sympathises but still um, and he uses the Jedi mind trick with remarkable ease, I might say, on everybody who dares to not instantly go along with him on whatever it is he wants them to do. Mm. Um, and actually, when he tries to use it on Watto, and it doesn't work, he gets really huffy. Did you notice? Yeah. Um, oh,
2: that, well, that was okay. my favourite trick. That's,
3: that's not going to work. Shit! What do I do now? That was literally all I had to leave. Have on. a
0: plan, Anakin. You're going to um, be taken.
3: But, like, he manipulates the Gungans. He uses what little he knows about their, their culture and their faith in order to force them to hand Jar Jar over to him.
0: Yeah, his version of diplomacy is kind of cultural blackmail.
3: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, and, and he's pushy with Amidala. You know, that whole, you must trust my judgement, highness? Yeah. Really? You've just turned up out of nowhere and she's the queen of her entire planet, so why must she trust your judgement?
0: He's this obnoxious old Jedi asshole who lives by his own code doesn't seem to respect the council or any of the uh, uh, the members of it to which end maybe he's actually barking up the right tree but what he decides to do has serious consequences
3: absolutely and the way he turns up and talks down to shmi he is patronizing he is condescending and he starts talking about taking away her son with disturbing ease
0: and it, the, the idea is never broached as, a, well, maybe I could come with you, at which point he go, oh, no, no, there's no room on the uh, Royal Cruiser mm. ship for you as well, woman.
3: Yeah. And he he continues to do what everybody else, bar me, has done for Anakin's entire life. He treats him like an asset. He treats mm-hmm. him like an object. And again, it's this whole thing about, you know, when I see fit to do things in a certain way, I will, but not until a time of my choosing. So... Initially, he treats Anakin like a child. He takes blood from him without asking or without telling him what it's for. I'm take your blood. He doesn't have any. He doesn't bes-
0: say that, but yeah.
3: Yeah, he's like, he d- There's. there's he's a. Like,
0: ow! What was that? I was just taking some blood.
3: Yeah, you didn't ask. There's no respect for the child's autonomy there whatsoever. And yet, when he later puts him in a position where he's basically going to have to risk his life in the pod race, oh, well, the boy must make up his own mind. Oh, Oh, now the boy (laughs) must make up his own mind. I will allow you to make what is an adult decision in circumstances when it's beneficial to me, and I will override your ability to make an adult decision in circumstances where it's beneficial to me. Basically, Qui-Gon marches through this whole thing, constantly turning things towards whatever's good for Qui-Gon.
0: Undermining the... Council of everybody. Now, mm. everybody's counsel in this is flawed, so it's really, really difficult to say who was doing the right thing. Yeah, uh, I, I believe that... I mean, I've said this one before, but I'm going to say it now, that the, uh, the Jedi um, way of doing things, of taking small children away from their parents,
3: mm-hmm.
0: is fucking bone-chilling. Yes, it is. We'll get on to actually what the Jedi actually are in a moment, but what I've uh, cited in between time is... Kind of a big brother system where when you get discovered as having force powers, they go, right, um, do you mind being on our books? And, and basically, like, we will appoint you like a sponsor, a Jedi, um, like, me- you know, member of the, uh, the the order who you can, you know, check in with. Uh, whenever you have, uh, you know, force-related issues. But basically, we're going to let you grow up and just be a normal kid Mm. to a certain point, and then you can come to Jedi Hogwarts. But up until that time, you need those years. Mm. You need that time to, to, like... I mean, even the Amish allow kids to go off on was it rumspringer where no idea where what it's basically you go off and you you eat chocolate bars and you use telephones and all the other crazy things that uh, people in the cities do and then if you want to come back and be Amish you can do that no word whatsoever of jedi rumspringer mm,
3: yeah but the the um the idea that first of all it is incredibly irresponsible for them to take children away from their parents at a ridiculously young age, when they're far too young to make a decision about whether or not that's actually what they want to do with their life. Mm. And it seems to be based entirely on um, what their their force strength is. Do
0: you want to come be a Jedi? Um,
3: I mean, one assumes...
0: It sounds like a creepy dad trying to get a kid in a divorce. I'll buy you a yeah, Sega Mega Drive.
3: Considering how big this galaxy is, you are literally in a lot of cases, being put in a position where you are never going to see your parents again. Yep. Um,
0: <laughs> and even if it was possible, they'd still say, oh, no, you can't care about individual people. Absolutely. More and and this
3: is this is happening at an age where attachments are still being cemented. Um, a child's view of the world is still being established. Um, the level of anxiety that is going to be created in a child who has minimal conflict in their life Mm. whose parents live on Coruscant and they're not that far away Mm. is going to be put in a very difficult position we're taking you planets away and you're never going to see them again fuck off (laughs) I don't like this procedure I am I'm down on boarding school I'm not even keen on the idea of boarding schools and this is way way worse than that and the fact that um that Qui-Gon and and what's the most irresponsible on Qui-Gon's part is the fact that he knows roughly what the age that the, the Jedi Order will accept children is. Like four? It's it's young. We're, we're talking basically like prep school age. Younger he must be. Yeah, exactly. Qui-Gon doesn't check with the Jedi Order to find out whether they would take Anakin on.
0: He just grabs him and takes him He just grabs him, away.
3: him and goes. And he builds up this thing with Shmi and Well, he's Anakin already decided, if the
0: council say no, I'm going to train him myself. He's always, That's his contingency plan.
3: Right, so he's... I mean, I'm not... Right, I am not at this point saying that there is any positivity in the structure that the Jedi has. But the point of having um, a structure in place is to try and make sure that individual persons... Um,
0: don't start abusing Boneheaded the system for their Boneheaded ideas. Own, yeah, own exactly.
3: Ends. Now the problem with that is that eventually this, the institution itself becomes abusive and, mm-hmm. and that's eventually what we're going to work our way around to but Qui-Gon at this point is is the representation of the Jedi Order of the Jedi Council and he is disregarding their basic way of doing things because this is something that he thinks is is important enough
0: I think what the Council meant to say was yeah I mean train the boy
3: does he think he can persuade Yoda to go against the um uh, the, the traditions of the Jedi Order knowing perfectly well that remark about it's Might own, want to try the
0: mind trick again our
3: own counsel we will keep about who is to be trained Yoda would it would appear is not somebody that you try and get one over on yeah um, but as we've already established Qui-Gon basically goes through life trying to get one over on everybody
2: okay the deep space pilots talk about them. They're the most beautiful creatures in the universe. They live on
1: the moons of Diego, I think. You're a funny little boy. How do you know so much?
0: While he's around Tatooine as well, uh, Anakin meets Padme Niberi, uh, who is slightly different from Padme Amidala later on. For a start, she's undercover and pretending not to be Queen Amidala so she's already kind of duplicitous to begin with and the moment she meets him you're a funny little boy and she's immediately she's sweet and kind to him but in a kind of aww way and his reaction to that is I'm a person and my name is Anakin so like the first thing that happens between them is she underestimates him and he gets cross with her that informs on quite a bit of their yeah, relationship. Yeah,
3: it really does. And I mean, I, I wouldn't call her behaviour duplicitous because it, it's, over the course of the three films, it's made pretty obvious that who she is, Padme is, is who she is as a person. Mm. The Queen is the Well, is very the specifically, mask. her
0: her mask is her actual name.
3: Yeah, exactly. So, the, I'm
0: assuming, no, I was going to say, like, maybe all of the different um, names are... But I mean, her names... N- I'm about to like fold myself into a George's Bad Writing thing. But the one played by Kira Knightley is called Sabe. What's she called? Sabe Amidala?
2: Mm. I
0: don't know. Padme Amidala? Then there's Korde Amidala, Dorme Amidala. These women, these girls, and then women, have to give up their identities for seemingly, by the way, the only senator who later on in life still needs body doubles. Yeah,
3: yeah. I think she just got into the habit of using them for safety and then. I didn't want to fire it. them. They just kept hanging they around. Kept that was 10 them. years ago. <laughs> when, when are, are they, they going, going home? home. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the, the, the point of this scene, to me, is basically what you're watching here is... I'm not
0: saying for like all your kind, ye are false, regarding Amidala, by the way. Neither am I saying that her reaction was the wrong reaction. No, no, but the I point understand. is, straight away, he's like,
3: are you an angel? Mm. And again, she's like, oh, you're this sweet, is, he's, no. He's forming a perspective of a creature that he's never had any contact with before, a free human woman, yeah. who isn't his mother, and his mother's not free anyway but the but the point being that he he shifts he has this this attachment with his mum, which is of a strength and nature that shouldn't really be because he hasn't had anybody else in his life in order to form other attachments with.
0: Except, of course, these friends that he's only mildly friendly yeah, with. Yeah,
3: but it's not its not the same thing. Peers, it's its not the same thing as, as like, strong attachments. He's without a positive
0: male role model in that Watto Absolutely, sucks.
3: yeah. If Watto is the closest thing he's got to a father, but then Watto doesn't behave towards him in a fatherly way. Mm. He's his boss. Yeah. It's not the same thing. And basically, the, the idea that that he is then ripped away from this this only attachment he's ever known. And it's all very sort of smoothed over and you don't actually see any obvious trauma. But I think at that point, it's all going on inside. And Mm. the fact that he then goes onto the ship and hides in a corner and then is basically presented with um, the... Kind hand of uh, of Padme who comes to talk to him, and her being literally the first person who's shown him any real compassion in this situation, and he basically goes, "All oh, right, okay, I had one really strong, thick bond with the woman in my life. She's gone, but you're here. You'll do." And he basically goes, <laughs> "Jump." You're right. It's very. Cool.
1: You come from a warm planet, Annie. A little too warm for my taste. Space is cold. You seem sad. The Queen is worried. Her people
2: are suffering, dying. She must convince the Senate to intervene. I'm
1: not sure what will happen.
2: Don't worry about it.
1: I made this for you so you'd remember me. I carved it out of a poor snippet.
2: It'll bring you good fortune.
1: It's beautiful, but I don't need this to remember you by. Many things will change when I reach the capital, Annie. But my caring for you will remain. I care
2: for
3: you, too. Or my eye it was your mother. Same type of bond. We are now, you know, mutually, exclusively connected. And that is Look what I made incredibly for you. powerful. Exactly. That's incredibly powerful. And that's going to last our whole lives. And nothing can ever be, and nothing can ever be allowed to threaten that. And we will see more evidence of this later on. Shmi um, got a C-3PO.
0: Amidala gets a stupid necklace.
3: Well, there's nothing wrong with that. It's a night, you know. It's it's the gesture that he's trying to make is a kind one. But ultimately, it's not healthy that he takes that maternal fixation and shifts it on to her. And, that, and, and maternal, at this point, is basically what it is. She is his babysitter. Yep. The age difference aside, she is more mature than him. She is more worldly wise. She's a queen! She's, she's not, not just
0: not more mature. mature. She's she's not just like a, a girl in high school. She's got, like, she's president of a world.
3: Absolutely. She has power. That's not something he's ever seen before.
0: Jesus
3: and and it's it's sort of you know I mean I I totally understand. Poor little Anakin has been utterly traumatized by this being ripped away from his his mother, the only home he's ever known, the only world he's ever known, thrown into the deep dark of space. It is perfectly rational and and logical as far as as the brain works to basically go. If I am going to survive, then. That bond, which is the thing that's that's been the most positive and um, uh, and directing influence on his life so far, that bond has to survive. It's it's a fundamental part of him. He has been umbilical corded to Shmi his entire life, and he's just lifted it off her and attached it to Padme.
0: Yep. So it's it's like teenage Hillary Clinton suddenly gets hooked up with yippie and she can't get away from him. And even though she goes off and has her own life for another decade, Mm -hmm. when she comes back, he's like, oh, that umbilical cord's still there. And she's like, oh, it's been there the whole time. Mm. And then spends a whole movie trying to come to terms with that really icky fact. Mm. Yeah. Okay. So that's Padme for the time being, because we're going to move on to Jar Jar Bink's and C-3PO and R2-D2. Who-
3: Indeed. Ah, actually, yep. one more tiny thing. And yep. This relates to both Padme and Qui-Gon. Yep. Um, basically, when they get to Naboo, do you see what Qui-Gon does with this child that he has taken responsibility for and removed from his mother and brought him back to um, Naboo and basically said, yeah, I will sponsor him. I will train him. I will take responsibility for him. He just lets him fuck off with Padme. Uh, Padme goes off to do something, and Qui Gon basically looks at Anakin, and Anakin's like, What the hell? I don't know what's going on or where to go. And he basically goes, Yeah, you go with her. That's oh point. yeah the things I, to do. It, it,
0: that's on Coruscant. He's like, oh, you, Coruscant? you go I'm do sorry, diplomatic I things. Gone, yeah, i, I got to go talk to the Nabila. council about you behind that's your back.
3: That's it, yes. Yeah, of course.
0: But there's little else to like, couldn't he just say, Obi Wan, go home, take Anakin with you, look after him? Yeah,
3: absolutely. You, you took two need to Take responsibility for this child. Take some fucking responsibility for this child.
0: More specifically, I gotta go talk to the council. While I might need you there as backup, I think Anakin needs someone stable right now. Yeah. And frankly, it makes sense for my old Padawan to deal with my new Padawan and for you guys to bond a little bit.
3: Absolutely. And he has dropped massive hints to this child. You're special. You're, you're super. You're going to be this wonderful might person be a one. that the Jedi can't possibly ignore. And presents him with this idealised father figure to, to look up to. And then, boom, he's gone. Oh, he doesn't care either. Brilliant. <laughs>
0: Um, Jar Jar Binks uh, is one of the few people who actually treats Anakin like a person. Mm. He's just like, what's you doing, honey? The one guy that everyone fucking hates in this series is just this you know, sweet, innocent clown who actually does kind of talk to Anakin a little bit. They don't talk about anything in particular. There's no heart-to-heart going on. Mm. Jar Jar is woefully uncomplicated, but ultimately he's one of the only people who doesn't directly fuck up Anakin in some way. Mm. He's just there to be friends with him. Oh, wait, there was the that one bit. The queens are being grossly nice, Mr. Tinks. Pretty hot. Yeah, thanks, Jar Jar. C-3PO again, just sort of like, hangs around, does what he, he he can do a little bit, but he doesn't really seem to comprehend at any point throughout this trilogy what Anakin's going through. But R2. R2's smart as shit. And R2 ends up with Anakin on the afternoon he goes and murders kids. Watch carefully in Revenge of the Sith. R2's there in Anakin's ship when he gets off and goes to Mustafar and kills a bunch of politicians. R2 saw the whole thing. R2 can't scrub that from his memory. C-3PO gets those lovely memory wipes. r stuck with it. Christ. I mean, all R2 tried to be was a friend, but Anakin's ultimately rubbing off on R2. Not literally, that would be hideous. R2 then goes on to be one of the most hopeful of all characters in the uh, the original trilogy, mm. but he's seen some shit. Yeah. That is well, beyond a doubt. It,
3: it, and it carries on. He then sees the destruction of the um, uh, the Jedi Temple that Luke establishes. Yep. that That shutdown must have been like, oh, blissful oblivion.
0: <laughs> yeah, basically R2 was like, it's too much. No more. Goodbye, and closes down. And then that makes three PO sad. BB Eight has to pretty much pick up the reins. Mm. So the Jedi Council that uh, uh, Qui Gon first off goes to and demands that they train the boy, yes. uh, and they. Yes. Their response is basically, no, he will not be trained. What are their reasons?
3: Um, spurious and pointless?
0: Okay, but what can we read into their <laughs> reasons?
3: Okay, um, well, first off, you see, this is this is part of the issue. And we almost, know what their
0: excuses are, but what are their reasons?
3: Yeah, it almost seems like they're being reactionary. Basically, um, that Qui-Gon is already known as being something of a firebrand, and they will not be, they will not have their hands forced, basically. Um, they will not have uh, this wild card turn up and go, oh, look, here's this kid that I think you ought to train, and they they don't want to give in to it. But
0: if he trains that kid, they'll all train that kid. It'll,
3: It'll be, be anarchy. anarchy. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: anarchy.
3: Anakin. <laughs> oh, my God, we've got to stop with the Anakin puns. Uh, but here's a question. Why does his interview have to take place in front of everybody?
0: Yeah. He is... That little kid is sat in front of a bunch of weird gargoyle aliens... All glaring at him... And asking him, like, general knowledge questions... Hmm. (laughs) And, like, guess what I'm looking at?
3: Yeah. And then they tell him that the reason they don't want to take him on is because of his age. Yep. When in actual fact, the real reason they don't want to take him on... Is because they are terrified of how powerful he has the potential to be.
0: Yep. And then Yoda tells him off for being afraid... He hasn't had a moment of Jedi training. He hasn't been told not to deal with with like overwhelming emotions. Basically, he, Yoda comes in with this. Sci- Do you remember After Earth? That whole kind of there's no such thing as fear. Yeah, fear is no no use to a human being. Brilliant. Um, uh,
3: oh my god!
0: Fear is of no use to a human being. If you're afraid, animals can smell your fear and then they'll kill you. Right. As opposed to being afraid of big sharp-toothed tiger gets you away from the sharp-toothed tiger, you Absolutely. stupid asshole.
3: Absolutely. Right. This, this, this was the bit that... I love Yoda. You know how much I love Yoda. I love
0: Yoda post-prequels. Yes.
3: The Yoda in these made me spit, swear, seethe in fury, and shout at him with alarming regularity... Um, the whole thing about uh, fear leads to anger, anger leads to hate, hate leads to suffering. Yeah, That is not how emotions work.
0: Also, suffering isn't an emotion. Well, no. Yeah.
3: It's it's a, um, a consequence.
0: Yeah, but this little boy gets thrown the- in front of a council that are glaring at him ominously yeah. and they're like, how do you feel? Fear. And then they tell him off for being afraid. Of- Fuck all of them. Of
3: course them. he's afraid. Right, okay. Full credit to Anakin at this point. He's honest about how he feels. Yeah. And they shit on him for it. Well <laughs> fuck every last one of Take
1: them. Take a giant shit on you, I will. Greenitis. It
3: is it is uh um the the best way to cut somebody off from who they really are, is to tell them that their feelings are... Well, the best way of doing it is to tell them that their feelings are non-existent. Yeah. Oh, no, you're not afraid.
0: There's no such thing as fear. That's the crazy yeah. part.
3: Um, But to tell them not to Don't be afraid, be afraid yeah. repress that fear, is like the next best way of doing it. Um, So Bury really... Bury your feelings
0: deep down with them. Never bother Never bother us. anybody. Um, but I'm amazed that here's the thing. We're going to get to lots of this as we go, but I'm amazed this shit hasn't happened before dozens of times. Absolutely, with all these kids
3: there's no going off like firecrackers. There's no pastoral care. I mean, if the implication—by the way, if the implication is if we take kids on at a stupidly young age, like three or four years old—they won't develop these uh, these pesky emotions that get in the way of them being able to do Jedi training. Uh, bullshit um because the emotions that you're talking about are if if not innate they develop so young so young that there's no way that you can raise a child without them and in fact the 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 core emotions the basic emotions come from things in your brain that you are born with and yes how people around you react to your expression of those emotions will impact on how those parts of your brain develop so for example if a child is exposed at a very very young age to um high levels of things which make them like directly afraid like afraid for their life not I've left my mum behind on a planet and I don't Mm. know what's going to happen to her that's like an anxiety that's an
0: existential dread yeah yeah.
3: exactly but like a child who is actually in a position where they they genuinely believe that their life is under threat if
0: they have to share their bedroom with a cougar
3: yes that would do it Um, but basically that means that their brain is going to develop in a way that, that eventually means they can't respond their fear response to breaks. Fear. Yeah, because they they either they get to the point where they either produce or or uptake or however it is. I'm sorry, I haven't got the research in front of me right now. Um, but either there's there's too much cortisol in their brain, or there's too little because it's just given up because it's like, well, I kept throwing it out and you weren't reacting to it, so fuck it.
0: Proportional response becomes impossible.
3: Exactly, and okay. so the, it's it's all distorted. And this is the beginning. This is the beginning for Anakin being told you're afraid. Well, fucking don't be.
0: And obviously, fear leads to anger. If you get angry, don't be angry either. And Mm -hmm. uh, Amidala's thing later. Oh, Jesus Christ. But uh, yeah, the idea being that the the Jedi don't want fear in their order. They don't want anger. I'm assuming they probably don't want disgust. They don't seem to be particularly keen on joy either. No. Are they allowed sadness? No. Yoda gets sad all the time. Yeah,
3: but no, he says... Don't grieve when people die. Don't grieve. That's just a part they've gone back Miss to the them force. not. Don't grieve.
0: Do not be sad. Yeah. Pained my heart is. Well, it shouldn't be, says amandala, Yeah. He, Stop feeling pain, Yoda, you fucking weirdo.
3: He is a hypocrite of the highest order. In the prequels. He really is. Now, I can only assume that somewhere between... The end of Sith. Oh,
0: he did some thinking. He,
3: yeah, he does some serious self-examination. That whole time he spent on Dantooine. Nineteen
0: years on Dagobah.
3: Oh, Dagobah, sorry.
0: He may have gone to Dantooine as well. Okay, that's, but, that's where an old Jedi temple was in the of the Old Republic.
3: But, um, but yeah, the time he spent on Dagobah was clearly spent in deep self-contemplation. Good. And hopefully working out what mindfulness means, because he mm. uses that term a few times, and that's uh, not what it means.
0: Also possibly going a little bit crazy with guilt. Yes. He is a little bit crazy, and yeah. his, his ghost is a bit crazy still. And
3: understandably. understandably. That he's, he's been pushed, but yeah. he, a lot of that pushing was of his own making.
0: I think you're right about the Jedi Council... Um, just not wanting to let Qui-Gon have his way and that's the main reason they say no. They hide behind, he's too old. But ultimately they can make exceptions all the time. Absolutely. But um, one of the the ways that the Council have gone wrong over the years, the Jedi Order is conflating being knights
3: mm-hmm.
0: with being monks. Yes. Those are not the same thing historically. No. I'm not talking about George's writing here. I'm talking about if we take this as historical documents, mm-hmm. Jedi knights and Jedi monks should be two different things, but apparently they're the same thing.
3: Yeah, and what you're talking about there is effectively the Templars. Not historically known for always being awesome.
0: Historically not awesome. Mm. Uh, but th- that, like, that's the thing. Sir Galahad, the chaste, made a decision mm. to not.
3: and most people thought that was weird
0: yeah but the point is that all the other knights were able to feel all of this stuff they they weren't about purging all emotion Mm. and the monks that do isolate themselves from society. They don't go around solving, adjudicating on trade disputes and because they are higher beings attuned to not want to deal with the petty squabbles of people. They can't be trusted to go down and help people with their trade negotiations.
3: And part of the reason why they choose to isolate themselves is that they don't want to deal or they don't want those emotions being evoked. They, they are pulling back in order to protect themselves from those emotions. The idea of repressing emotions and controlling emotions and uh, making it so that they don't govern how you make your decisions, that's not how you train within a religious context. That's military. Hmm. And the Jedi are not soldiers. Mm -hmm. They're not meant to be anyway.
0: They're drafted in the military, but they're ultimately, again... What they're equipped to do doesn't suit them for being soldiers and for rubbing shoulders with men of war. Mm, yeah. Even though those men of war themselves aren't of war, they've just been trained the whole time from being weirdo clones. absolutely, with- And
3: usually given uh, highly inappropriate means to um, to let the pressure off those emotions that they constantly mm. repress.
0: So you've got a bunch of clones fighting a bunch of droids and a bunch of emotionless Jedi in here, at what point do humans or even alien analogues for humans intervene in the prequel trilogy? Mm.
3: Well, the portrayal of the clones is, uh, is all wrong. The the way they're painted is that they're emotionless and and um, perfectly trained. But in
0: Clone Wars, we see that they are, they're they develop more personalities. Yeah. They've
3: they've been effectively they've been kind of squeezed into these molds as much as the uh, the Jedi are. Hmm. But um, but yeah, the like ninety percent of what goes wrong in the prequel trilogy is is emotional inauthenticity is is people trying to be something they're not trying to convince other people to be something they're not um, and to uh, basically anything you feel it, it, no you're not allowed or it isn't real or pretend it isn't real or put it in a box or whatever nobody is allowed to respond to anything in an authentic way mm.
0: Okay, so the Jedi Council are all afraid to train Anakin. Yes. Which is ironic.
3: Yeah. And their refusal <laughs> then, um, you know, Qui-Gon compounds what he's already done. He, he And at this point, see, this is the thing. He said, I'll take him. If the Jedi Council won't train him, I'll train him myself. Mm-hmm. That is not what happens. And it's not because he gets killed, because when they they leave the council, he then makes Anakin complicit in all of his manipulative behavior. Because he basically says to him, right, you watch and observe me, but I'm not going to correct you if you do anything wrong. So he's basically telling Anakin to train himself. Jesus So he Christ. abandons him again.
0: Figuratively before literally abandoning him because he bites off more than he can Sith chew.
3: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So, yeah, um, they, they confront Darth Maul. Uh, Qui-Gon is killed. Obi-Wan is lumbered with Anakin, a boy he never asked to train.
3: Yeah, and he's not fully qualified himself yet.
0: No, he's, he's, only, he's been a Padawan until just days ago. Yeah,
3: basically, my tagline for this whole film is Qui-Gon, how fucking dare you? And Yoda, how fucking dare you?
0: Yeah. I think the idea is that because the council won't train Anakin and Obi-Wan's determined to do what Qui- Qui-Gon said and Qui-Gon even makes, makes him promise while he's on his deathbed um, you know you promise me you will train the boy like. then Qui-Gon decides he is the chosen one which is you know crazy prophecy bullshit it turns out to be true possibly because everyone keeps talking about him being the chosen one mm-hmm. um, but he's chosen by Qui-Gon to be the chosen one
3: yeah absolutely so he is chosen but the place where everybody puts their faith is perhaps a little bit hmm. misguided.
0: So, Yoda, rather than going, too young you are, too inexperienced you are, this boy's uh, you know, clearly too powerful for you, train him, I will, which is what Yoda should have done from the word go, but even if he had done, he still would have been trying to tell Anakin, if because he's this shit Yoda, don't be afraid, ever, And I don't mean like, oh, don't be afraid. I mean, don't be afraid. Mm. And don't be angry. And don't be, I'm assuming, yeah, no, don't be sad. Yeah. So he doesn't decide to take Anakin under his wing. I said uh, when we did the original shows, in a now defunct Expanded Universe book, they talked about being cut off from the Force. Mm. Now Luke, in Episode 8, cuts himself off from the Force, Mm. which means that that's totally possible. Mm -hmm. But they'd have to get Anakin to do that. And then Luke opens the door again, which means that it's not permanent anyway. It's just like it's like closing down a part of your brain, and just like I will not go back there anymore.
3: Basically, you just got to lock him in a room with a load of those lizards.
0: You mean Isalmari? The again from the EU, uh, now defunct Legends line. Mm. Uh, They might come back. They could have mooted a way of cutting Anakin off from the Force. And that actually would have been a nice sort of thing hanging over his head the whole way through as a kind of, you will be expelled from the Jedi Order and we'll cut you off from the Force. It would have been good if, if we could have seen that Anakin was like, no, no, I really like being able to use the Force. Mm. I don't want to lose that at all. But that doesn't turn out to be one of the things he's uh, terrified of. And they never really go into the idea of him being cut off from the Force. Mm. Also, But it feels like what, like, as I said before, what do Jedi the Jedi Council do when they meet a wrong and like a a, not a Sith but a forced user who has already you know become super powerful and has kind of gone down the wrong path
3: well this is why they want the kids from such a young age isn't it so that they can they can direct Mm. their moral compass themselves but this question
0: is never answered and the only conclusion I can reach is they kill them yeah that Yoda goes kill them I must Mm Hmm. Because we get no explanation as to what they might have to do if uh, if Anakin you know goes haywire, yeah. yeah.
3: And also, frankly, the way that this would would potentially and actually, be handled,
0: we well, no, because Yoda sends Obi Wan to murder him to mm. assassinate. Yeah,
3: him. yeah, there is that. So yeah, there we go. That's that's form.
0: That is that is citing precedent. Yoda yeah. decides Anakin's gone off the deep end. I've got to send you to kill him. To I'll deal with Palpatine.
3: Yeah, but the um, the the side way note, that this is. by the way,
0: in uh, Episode Two. Um, They say there's no way that Count Dooku could assassinate someone. He's of the Jedi Order. But Yoda knows that he... I mean, in 900 years, he sent Jedi to kill Force users.
3: Mm.
0: He must have done. This is not the first time he's ever had to do this, Mm. surely.
3: No. One assumes not.
0: So that's already cover-up bullshit. So we can infer from that that the Jedi are very good at covering up all kinds of dark shit oh, yes. that happened to them. And oh, they erased it from the library. I was just
3: about to say that idea. Yeah. Somebody took something out of the library. That shit happens all the goddamn time. Yeah. Um, so these historical documents are decidedly unreliable um, but yeah the the method that this this would be done by needs to be taken into account as well because we're, we're talking here about a kid who has a very very strong attachment with a single person who they have shifted to somebody else who they have been then offered a safety line in terms of attachment to Qui-Gon and then they've had to shift that attachment to Obi-Wan but the point is everything that he is now is bound up in the idea that he is a Jedi that he is a Padawan and a a, a trainee for the Jedi and if you take that away from him at this point he is going to fall a fucking part.
0: So, Anakin and Obi-Wan, we don't really get to see them much in The Phantom Menace at all, but we do get to see them after nearly ten years of hanging around each other in uh, Attack of the Clones, and my God, do they have a poor relationship. Mm. Anakin doesn't respect Obi-Wan kind of whatsoever. He occasionally goes through flashes of seeming like he does, Mm. but then he he veers back off again. Uh, Obi-Wan sees Anakin more as an annoyance, this kid who he's been saddled with and like he he seems to on on some level resent being his teacher Hmm. of this willful boy But he he said yeah, does also seem fond of him. So there is some conflict.
3: Yeah, I would imagine that part there of it is, is the fact no that, that Obi-Wan has been, presumably, uh, taken in by the Jedi at the appropriately young age. And so he's ha- had the ability to process emotions properly sculpted out of him.
2: Mm.
3: Um, and that is going to include other people's as well as his own. So basically, when Anakin goes into wild oversharing mode, and he does... Um, And he's talking about, you know, the the dreams about his mother, the fact that he's lusting after Padme. He is desperate for guidance from the only close friend and role model he's got. Some kind of acknowledgement would be really fucking helpful at this point, but Obi-Wan is just totally neglectful of it. He dismisses it, he sweeps it under the carpet, he doesn't want to know.
0: That no one ever talks about biology or hormones in Star Wars. It's always like that they're spiritual, they transcend hormones. so they can talk about the presence of midichlorians, but not testosterone. Anakin's basically not allowed to be a horned-up teenage boy, well, already, which he manifestly is. We've
3: already established that they completely dismiss basic brain chemistry. Yeah. So you know, why should that not expand to And this is just in humans.
0: Else. Imagine what, like, Vulcans having to go through their pon far would be like. Jesus. And then, like, you know, imagine Yoda sort of tapping Spock on the hand and going... It's okay. You don't, and then Spock like rips Yoda's head off because he's got to fuck something. Ew. Yep. Um.
3: Okay. <laughs> Too close did so I get? Light lightsaber training, maybe. I don't know. There's there's like a one presumes that they have like physical activity, like sports and stuff. To cold showers, work out go for runs, excess. Energy, and it's all sounding like 1930s Britain at this point.
0: It's terrible. (laughs) It's awful. take these kids away. They shove them into co-ed classes. Mm -hmm. And then basically, you know, like, we, we see the younglings in episode two. And, like, you can extrapolate from that. Like, I'm assuming, like, imagine like 15 year old Jedi kids mm-hmm. of different genders all being like you know like going off on missions and then like come, you know coming across each other at like Jedi parties or like any kind of gathering where there's going to be multiple jedis and their padawans and like hey how's it going Barriss how's it going Petro and like you know they aren't allowed to act on their hormones or or do anything that might come naturally to them at that point
3: I I have suspicions I know they're not meant to And I know they are forbidden to love, but... I, you can't. You can't shut that shit no, down entirely. No, forbidden to love. No, You're a Jedi. I'm not allowed. You're a Jedi. There, I would imagine yep. that there is a degree of teenage experimentation going on. Apart from anything else, when Anakin meets Padme again, you've seen the way he attempts to flirt with her. It's clumsy, it's childish, but it, it does not smack of somebody who doesn't know what's going on in his head.
0: Yeah. Okay, so what's Teenage Anakin like here?
3: Um, he is getting to the point where he is actually a little bit creepy and threatening.
0: A little bit? Mm. He's super fucking creepy and threatening.
3: Yes.
0: He's been repressed repeatedly. Yeah. Uh, he doesn't understand what back off means. No. Um, he's... Very self-focused. Mm-hmm. He never thinks about anybody but himself. No, he's spent, he never talks about anybody but himself.
3: He's spent his entire tween and teenage years so far in the company of somebody who is effectively a big brother. He is Obi-Wan is not a father replacement. Yeah. He is not an adequate father replacement. Qui-Gon wasn't an adequate father in the first place. Um, but Obi-Wan certainly isn't. He doesn't give him a good model for uh, for dealing with his emotions. We see him squash his own emotions when he uh, Anakin jumps out the speeder. Yeah. Obi-Wan's reaction to that should be fear. And he goes, ugh.
0: Ugh. I hate when he does that. Yeah. He scolds him in a petulant way that any teenage boy would just be rolling his eyes at. Mm-hmm. As opposed to like, there's never a point when Obi-Wan's like, well, you knock that shit off. Mm. Not that that's good. there's
3: no direct confrontation he's passive aggressive and he undermines him the whole time
0: he never exceeds that he's actively angry with Anakin because Mm. he's not allowed to confront his own anger either Mm. so there's no sense of give and take with the two of them
3: no no there isn't
0: again I am not saying that a parent getting angry and shouting at their kid is the right way to do it I'm saying that if you get angry and you want to shout at your kid that is natural Funnel that into something else.
3: Well, it depends. It depends. Find a entirely way to talk to them about it. How it's processed. But there is a world of difference between shouting at a toddler who's frustrated you and shouting at a teenage little shit who won't pull himself into order.
0: And who maybe needs to be um, given a strong male role model yeah. who is passionate about something. Which
3: he's never had. And this, right, this brings me to another point. At some point. Presumably, Anakin has been told that he was created by something mystical. Okay? Either Shmi has told him, because somebody doesn't get to nine without going, why don't I have a dad?
0: She says it to uh, Qui-Gon quietly behind Anakin's back. So, In a way that suggests she's never told him. And she never does.
3: And Qui-Gon doesn't
0: tell him, and Obi-Wan doesn't tell him. No one ever tells him.
3: Right, so... If he never knew that allegedly this is how he came to be, Mm -hmm. at the very least, he has never had an actual human father to be his yardstick for all of the people. So he will have been allowed to create, in his imagination, the best and most infallible, flawless... They mean the same thing, sorry. um, Paragon. Paragon of a father who you know, Mortal Hand ever existed.
0: Are you saying that he shouted at Obi-Wan at one point,
3: you're not my real dad! Uh, I, yeah. Yeah, pretty much. His, his father figures are always going to be imperfect by comparison to that. And therefore it is alarmingly easy for him to dismiss the things they say that he doesn't like. He can take from their advice the bits that resonate with him and he can dismiss everything else. Now, that's fine because ultimately that is how you learn. You get different information from different people and you filter through your own understanding what makes sense for you and what doesn't. However, he is so defensive, he is so shallow when it comes to understanding his own emotions and his own motivations that anything that anyone says that even slightly threatens this image of himself that he has constructed is it feels like a direct personal attack. And so he goes on the direct personal defense and throws it out out of hand.
0: I've been racking my brains to think of who Anakin could actually have been raised by within the within the historical documents uh, who could actually be seen as something of a human. Mm. And it's boiled down to just one guy. Um, it's when Obi-Wan visits uh, Kamino and he knocks on the door and this little kid goes, oh, are yeah, you here to see my dead? Uh, come out there dead and then his dad comes out and goes you're looking for Django fett? well it's definitely not me i'm not that bounty hunter who is hanging out on coruscant because i uh, hate it so uh can i offer you a cup of tea Django actually does come off as like you know his son's a very serious little kid but they mm. seem to be quite tightly bonded mm. and it's possible that he was the only human being in the whole galaxy <laughs> The only person who actually behaves like a person who eats food and breathes air. Mm. Everybody else is so emotionally repressed. It feels like he's, you know, he's got himself in line because he's, you know, a a Mandalorian and and they have a warrior culture.
3: That's military training. Military training acknowledges that those emotions exist. It might not always be great in terms of how it handles things and how su- it suggests that you should deal with them. Mm. But it, it does at least not pretend that they're not there at all um, or, or like, openly encourage you. Don't feel this. You don't feel this. This is wrong. It is bad that you would feel this. Mm. Um, at this point, by the way, we're going to come up... We've got another Fuck Yoda coming up moment coming up here. Motherfuck Yoda. Yep, um, and that would be when Yoda basically tells Anakin to take over Padme's protective details. I was just getting what? to What? The shipping tits.
0: Very specifically, Padme has met Anakin and gone, wow, you're bigger than that little kid when I first saw you. And she's he's like, well, you've grown too, especially around the boob area. That's a the, direct quote.
3: The conflict of interests here is staggering. Yoda is... At best, mind-numbingly oblivious at this point.
0: To how much of a boner Anakin specifically has for this one woman.
3: At worst, he is actively testing him.
0: Yeah, he's like, uh, yeah, Anakin should definitely go there to see if he can... Like, the idea being, the like, Yoda's wise... He must know this. He must know that you know what will will tempt him—the last temptation of Anakin. Mm-hmm. This is the crucible. If he can survive this, then he can get through without—I don't know—marrying Padme Amidala in secret, mm, yeah—and having a weird skeleton hand.
3: But even even Obi Wan at this point thinks, "Hang no, a on a minute, idea, he's not Yoda. ready for this." And he he brings up his concerns with um, with Yoda and Windu, and they yep. basically go, "No, no don't worry no, about no. it. We've we've decided this is going to happen.
0: It is the will of the Jedi Council." Yeah. It is the will of the Jedi Council. How
3: Hand fucking wavy.
0: creepy is that? Yeah, like you're supposed to be watching that as kids and going, "Yeah, the Jedi Council know what they're doing." Mm. Are you? It's so,
3: I uh, right. I have theories yep. around how Jedi mind tricks, mind tricks, are such a such a, a jolly little name, isn't it? Yeah, it's bloodbending, folks. It's basically brainwashing. Yeah, right. And the degree to which I think it gets used behind the scenes in these films. Mm-hmm. One in particular, which we will come to shortly. Oh, yeah. However, it wouldn't surprise me if Yoda or somebody else on the council is basically going, I've decided this is going to happen. Mind wavy everybody else. And of course, at that point, if you're a member of the Jedi Council and you've openly in front of everybody agreed to something and then gone home and thought... I didn't really want to do that, did I? Are you going to admit to everybody that that actually wasn't your choice and you are weak-willed enough for the Jedi mind trick to have worked on you? No.
0: Also, that Jedi mind trick, I think, is just like a a small, hand-wavy version of what Palpatine does the whole time. Like, when they sit in the room with him and he's clearly the devil himself, Mm -hmm. it's like, hang on, I'm beginning to suspect Palpatine. You You are not suspecting Palpatine. Palpatine. I'm not suspecting Palpatine. Wait a minute, no I do. No, you don't. No, I do. No, you don't. And that's what Palpatine does for twenty years.
3: Absolutely. Basically the Jedi Council should be surrounded by Toydarians.
0: Yep. Yeah. Send them in. Um, or just at least have one Toydarian on the Jedi Council who is immune to Palpatine's shit.
3: Absolutely. But with all of this undermining that he's been he's been subject to, um Anakin basically gets thrown to huge bones at this point. One is, we trust you enough to go and be um bodyguard. Padme to this girl bodyguard. that you got for. Yep. And two is um, Palpatine. And he steps in at this point and starts to encourage him and sweet talk him and tell him how good he is and how how much potential he's got. This is fucking rain in the desert to this kid. He has not all his life so far he's been owned... Restricted,
0: told and no, told time and again, and no, not no. just
3: not just no to things that he wants to do because obviously kids need discipline. I'm not saying just let him run around and you know pod race for the rest of his life or whatever, but. No to the idea that he feels. No to the idea that he has thoughts of his own. No to the idea that he might he might not have been wanting to be trained as a Jedi. And then when he decides he does want to be trained as a Jedi, then he gets no again. Just this constant round of him being a pawn for other people. Now, of course, the irony at this point is we know that that's what Palpatine wants for him as well. Yeah. But it's He's the way it's presented it. to him exactly. Is like there any, any terrorist who wonder? sees a young
0: potential terrorist is like I can totally use this guy
3: absolutely is there any wonder that he sucks this up
0: yeah Padme has from the beginning of this film gone you're a total creep Anakin you're making me uncomfortable and she keeps telling him you're making me uncomfortable
1: yeah Anakin don't try to grow up too fast But I am grown up. You said it yourself.
2: Please don't look at me like that. Why not? It makes me feel
3: uncomfortable.
1: Sorry, m'lady. Occasionally she
0: gets curious and sort of asks about him and sort of, well, what do you think about this? And all of his answers leave her blood running cold. Mm.
3: And there's the, the reason for this is because he's got nobody. He's got nobody else that he can discuss his emotional responses with.
2: Mm.
3: Padme doesn't reject them. She doesn't exactly accept them either. She tries to deflect him from talking about it. This is like the classic... Uh, woman is there to be my emotional punch bag. Yeah, She is a senator. She is not a Jedi therapist. Jedi therapist, by the way, should be a job. Yeah. They should have them numerous if ones. they had
0: them then they wouldn't have they wouldn't have idiot.
3: this issue yeah exactly
0: and the jedi therapist would have been saying years in, in eons ago guys you've got to be out of bone this mm. is crazy yeah
3: and and he his expression of bone what, each other he's <laughs> well, like I said I, I I think there's probably a bit but anyway <laughs> the his interpretation later on of the uh, the idea when she says she thought Jedi were um, forbidden to love and he talks about, you know, the the idea of compassion and...
0: He um, says we're, al- we're allowed to feel a universal sort of just compassion yeah. for what, everyone. What,
2: what, yeah, I guess,
0: yeah, I feel a general unselfish love for just about everyone.
3: No, sexual love. No,
0: no, I don't. For her. No. <laughs>
3: what, what he's basically talking about there is the difference between, um, I I never get the pronunciation on these right, but um, Agape, mm-hmm. which is like universal love for all mankind, mm-hmm. and Eros, which is specific, romantic, erotic love for... Uh, you know, all of mankind? For, no, no, no. <laughs> for, a, for a particular person. Right. Um, and, you know, he, he his whole thing about, well, you might say that we're encouraged to love. That's... You're not. It's it's no. a deliberate misinterpretation, but he is obviously a kid who's got a lot of potential love in him. I've got but so much being, love
0: to give, I, I just, just don't, don't know, know where, where to put it.
3: put it. Exactly, but it's been distorted, it's been twisted, it's been... Um, it, it's been... Uh, pushed back and repressed, but then combined with this idea of, but you're the most powerful person, you're going to be the chosen one one day, wow, you've got the most midichlorians of anybody. Um, it, it just You can't do that and that and not expect something bad to happen.
0: And again, when Anakin tells her in the fields of Naboo... Mm. I would like to see a world where the council are gathered around someone wise who makes sure that they make a decision and that they stick to it. And if they don't, they should be made to. And she says, sounds an awful lot like a dictatorship. And he says, well, if it works. And she says, uh, you're making fun of me. And it's like, no, no. he's serious. Yeah. And if, like a lot of teenage boys go through a sort of a, a, a confused stage where they and some teenage girls, where they they reduce very complicated situations to, we'll just make it work. Mm. And it kind of goes in both directions. So you'll now hear, oh, so it's okay to punch a conservative just because they have different views to you? No, no, it's just okay to punch Nazis. And that in itself is an oversimplification. But this level of political confusion, hormones, and screaming has cultivated a contemporary climate of. Well, what is wrong with fascism? And that's kind of a like, right? Okay, kid, let me school you on how this shit works. Part moment. of
3: part of why that is, though, is because basically it's because that tells you they've hit a point in their life where they are terrified. Yeah, where they are really, really scared of how complex the world is. Yeah, and what they desperately want is to go back to the time when Dad knew everything.
0: The system looks broken. They want it to make sense. Yeah, I sympathise, mm. but. Amidala being a wise person for whom this is her job Mm -hmm. and has been for a good 10 years. She has the wherewithal to be able to say, right, okay, do you want to talk about this seriously? Because it seems like you're missing some really important stuff and you're steadily climbing a power tree. And I can see some blind spots in, in your outlook here. So I'm not going to pass this off as a joke. Right, so this holiday us. has now become a poly- politics holiday.
3: Yeah, she's literally just been talking about politics camp.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember this guy from politics camp, yeah. this
3: one time. But, uh, but see, he, this is where his relationship with Padme starts to become... It's one of the most heavily criticised elements of the trilogy from a movie-making perspective. Oh, well,
0: we aren't, though. <laughs> this is the historical documents no, 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 of I know. what they did and didn't do. I know, but...
3: but These scenes are really, really hard for me to pass because every reaction that Padme has to him from about this point onwards is total bullshit. Yeah, it doesn't fit with her character. It doesn't fit with what we've seen of her so far, with her values, what's important to her, how she makes decisions. When he
0: just says, "Well, if a dictatorship works, she should get up and go." (sighs)
3: She's she's not a child. She doesn't see him as an equal. We know that. The the whole thing about when they first turn up and, and she's sort of basically saying, right, here's the most safe place to, for me to be and we're going to go here and we're going to do this. And he basically stamps his foot and says, why is nobody listening to me? At that point, she turns around and says precisely the right thing, which is because I know round here and you don't. So y- you need to button it kid i know it's just adding to the pile but at this point her life is in danger there is absolutely nothing wrong with the the way she approaches that situation given the circumstances but here this is where it all starts to get very spiraling downhill um and and she's done nothing so far to suggest that the 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 interest he has in her is in any way mutual She, from the beginning of of clones, still treats him as as this kind of little kid that she used to babysit. Yeah. So, my theory, (laughs) for which there is plenty of evidence, and I will pick bits out as we carry on, and I'm pretty sure there's probably a lot that would counter it as well, but that's the bad writing element, and that's not what we're talking about. I think that basically, he is mind-tricking her. From about here on in, he may not be doing it on purpose, he may not even realise that he's doing it, but he is tweaking her thoughts and uh, undermining her decisions in her own head, and basically making it so that she cannot actually access... When when time comes further down the line, she actually can't reach her own decision making ability. Yeah. Okay? Now, basically that it's gaslighting. It's it's the process of constantly causing somebody to question themselves until they get to a point where they can't rely on their own mind anymore. And
0: very specifically to fixate on him.
3: Yes, so, absolutely. Like,
0: everywhere he goes after that point, she follows him.
3: Yeah. So basically And eventually she's
0: like, Well, I'm gonna go and rescue Obi-Wan. And it's like well, I guess I'll come with you then. Yeah. That's basically the allowing them to believe they've made the argument yeah, theirs.
3: Indeed. But the the effectively what he he could be seen to be doing at this point is every time she tries to turn away from him to go and do something else, he basically reaches out with the force and just turns her head to look at him to keep her attention on. ...on him because she's where his major attachment has landed. And again, it's it's become such a, a fundamental part of his identity... ...that the idea that that attachment might A, not be real in the first place... ...B, might be broken, is terrifying for him. Hmm. Absolutely terrifying. Because he doesn't have Shmi anymore. And after Shmi dies, it gets even worse. It becomes much more intense because then he literally doesn't have anything else. His, his uh, emotional outlet is literally her and nothing else.
0: And they even make a point of that in the historical document.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Anakin, escort the Senator back to her home planet of Naboo. She'll be safer there.
1: And don't use registered transport. Travelers refugees. As the leader of the opposition, it will be very difficult to get Senator Amidala to leave the capital. Until caught this killer is, our judgment she must respect.
0: Now, the whole Shmi situation, he's been having dreams about Shmi suffering for a while now. He keeps telling Obi-Wan about it, and Obi-Wan says, and I quote, dreams pass in time, saying what you're dreaming here is definitely a dream. However, Anakin and the Jedi Council get flashes of Obi-Wan's distress from several planets away. And they immediately go, well, I'm getting that, that flash of distress, so that must be like a Jedi distress signal sent out through the Force. If that happened when Anakin was in bed at night, and he got up and ran over, and Mace Windu said, dreams pass in time, he'd go, no, that was Obi-Wan calling out to me. And and, and Windu would go, oh, of course, well, that makes perfect sense. It's the, the Jedi telegraph system.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Anakin's getting that, and they're telling him that it's nothing. It's nothing. Manifestly it's not nothing mm.
3: But because every time he tries to talk about his dreams to Obi-Wan Obi-Wan's like oh, oh no I don't want to know about your dreams He has nobody he can explore this idea with Now I personally think that yes While he may be picking up some distress signals from his mother I think that a lot of what causes the dreams is, is guilt Looking at it from a, from a human emotion perspective With the force taken out of the, the equation He is guilty about having left her
0: You could say that, but also from the sounds of it, this film which takes place over the course of about three days, Tops, he has another dream about his mother who was kidnapped about a week ago and has been in terrible, terrible distress for about a week, giving him terrible dreams for about a week. Mm. He's picking directly up on her.
3: Yeah, okay. So we're going with that.
0: There's there's guilt there as well, which possibly just makes him more receptive to it. Yeah. But basically up until that point, Shmi was not in terrible, terrible pain. Then she is.
3: Mm. Okay. Alright, fair enough. But I still think that he gets he gets so fixated on it and the idea that um, he's he's not able to protect her that when she does die, that paranoia. Flicks to mm. Padme.
0: And we can look at it historically speaking as simply his troubled reaction to this scenario is waved off mm. rather than followed through.
3: Absolutely. It's not interrogated. Nobody talks to him about it. Nobody explores it. Nobody says to him, oh yeah, this is legit. Jedi mm. can do this.
0: So then he goes to meet, to, to, to get his mother and see if he can, you know, find her. For the first time in 10 years, he's never been able to. To Jedi not have a weekend? Are they charging by the no. hyper jump? I don't know. Like, is there any point... Like, Basically, Anakin's been told you shouldn't care about individual people. And that means you shouldn't compassionately go back to make sure your mother's okay. Mm. Because it's devastating to our hold on you. Mm. Because the Jedi are villains. Yeah,
3: and they, they want him to be able to disconnect from this this attachment that's causing him guilt and worry and fear. And if they haven't been able to sweep it all away by now it's going nowhere yeah. let's face it but ultimately it, that that sense of guilt this this constant drip feed that he's the chosen one that he's special that he's going to bring balance to the force he eventually internalises this idea that he is responsible for everything that goes on in the universe he is definitely responsible for everything that goes on and happens to anybody that he cares about personally Shmi's death ultimately then reinforces something that he had already convinced himself of which is that it is up to him to balance the force and to fix everything that's wrong in the universe and that when he can't do that because he can't because he's a human and he was planets away, it's his fault.
0: Yeah. But when he goes back to get her, he meets Watto, and Watto says, you know, uh, uh, apparently a man bought her and then freed her and married her. Can you beat that, eh? And then he stands up and he like flies a little bit, and there's an awkward pause... And I just thought, how much, like, modern-day contemporary Star Wars would it have been if, after the silence, Watto had broken it by saying, Please don't kill me, in a kind of, I know I was fucking terrible to you. Mm. I know I could have let your mother go at that point, rather than allowing you two to be separated. And I know I was a slaveholder, and you have every reason to just force choke the life out of me at this point. Please don't look at how pathetic I am. I'm not even worth killing mm-hmm. at this stage. Just, it would have been funny in a dark way. In a kind of a relatable human way. Mm-hmm. It's what Watto means, but it's not what he says. Yeah. And then he meets Kleeg Lars, who's like, Oh, yeah, your mother was taken... Taken by the Sand People. The Shmi Skywalker story. We Hate Movies had their own theories about the trustworthiness of Klee Lars.
1: That's I think I have one more on my punch card <laughs> before my next ex-slave wife is free. Oh, he's just got a graveyard full of them. <laughs> oh, sure, dude. I mean, you got to knock five bucks off there at least. I mean, I'm a valued customer. <laughs> oh, I know who's paying these Tuscan Raiders, by the way. Ah, she's uh, getting a little mouthy there. <laughs> oh, you guys yeah. want to go uh, take care of it? Oh, man, a fucking staged kidnapping? Oh, oh my like- God, my wife was kidnapped. <laughs> You yeah. know what I'm talking about. That's the only thing. You important. got a fully functional droid there, Joe. You know what I mean? No, I don't need or protocol. I need something that knows the ways of lovemaking. Watto, Wado, Watto, Come here, my good man. All right. We're, keep this between us, all right? Can you get me an Ewok? I'll throw in an extra credit if you shave it. <laughs>
0: It's never made explicit precisely what happens to poor Shmi, but uh, Anakin has absolutely no problem with uh, taking this nomadic race that he's uh, already aware of living on Tatooine and um, turning them into a figurehead of inhuman hatred.
3: Yeah, which, by the way, fuck you, Klieg, for telling him that they're basically animals so that he can justify his behaviour.
0: And he goes on a slaughter, it's a massacre, it's a a small localised massacre in a a place that no one cares about in the arse end of nowhere, uh, for an indigenous people who aren't represented by the council Mm. uh, or uh, the senate, and uh, it goes unpunished and it goes unspoken and it's only in his head.
3: Absolutely. And it is, um, it's an outpouring of not just his anger over his mother, that's the thing, it's not just this, this is everything. This is everything he's not been allowed to feel up to this point. And I think the trigger for it is the fact that his mother dies before she can finish saying I love you. He is deprived of those three words that he hasn't heard from anybody for years. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, uh, his his mother dies, he goes on this horrific rampage, and what does Padme tell him when he expresses to her that, that he hates the Sand People now, the, the Tusken Raiders, this entire race of... of
3: Yeah. She basically listens to the outpouring of anger and confession.
0: I've killed women and children.
3: Yeah. And he is obviously hating on himself at this point for that.
0: He is looking at this behaviour and thinking, this is despicable. Am I cursed? Am I, you know, am I to blame for this?
3: Absolutely. And she becomes the world's greatest enabler at this point because she basically says, to be angry is to be human.
1: Why'd she have to die?
0: The Jedi left her on a dangerous hostile planet.
1: Why couldn't I save her? I know I could have.
0: The Jedi told him his picking up on her pain was just a dream.
1: Sometimes there are things no one can fix.
0: Death is a natural part of life.
1: You're not all powerful. Well, I should be.
0: Major warning sign to Padme.
1: Someday I will be. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. Delusion. I promise you.
0: She didn't ask him to.
1: I will even learn to stop people from dying. He
0: feels absolutely helpless. This is an understandably fantastical response. It's
1: all Obi-Wan's fault.
0: As an avatar for the council. He's jealous. They're scared.
1: He's holding me back.
0: He's right. They are holding him back. They're scared of him.
1: What's wrong, Annie?
0: What's wrong, Annie? You just helped bury his mother. I... I just experienced a catharsis through murderous rage. I killed them And I kinda wanna kill everyone
1: I killed them all
0: Which gave me an odd sense of completion They're dead I had power over their life
1: Every single one of them
0: It felt like a purification
1: And not just the men
0: Nobody can tell me to have a line
1: But the women And the children too
0: Nobody can tell me to have a code
1: They're like animals People are And I slaughtered them like animals I
0: cannot relate to other living creatures I hate them my empathy is broken. I suspect I am broken, and now that this line has been crossed with nobody to witness it, nobody to pass judgement on my actions, I am terrified that I will always be an unforgivable monster.
2: To be angry is to be human.
0: He didn't say he was angry, he said he'd just committed mass murder.
1: I'm a Jedi. I know I'm better than
0: this. By better, he means control, self-control, control of others. Which, for a start, shits on every other race in this massive galaxy full of various alien races, mm-hmm. including Tuscan Raiders, who may or may not be human. Absolutely. They're definitely humanoid. Are
3: you going to say that to the... The father of one of those Tuscan families who then comes over here and kills Anakin and mm. all of the, the Lars family because of what's happened.
0: Again, not excusing the actions of the Tuscan Raiders either. No. Kidnapping women and doing whatever the fuck they did to Shmi. Yep. Despicable inhuman behaviour, whether this is territorial or not.
3: Absolutely. It's but this reinforces the idea that basically Anakin, your reasons for doing anything are okay because they come from you. Yeah. But We're the not idea being to explore this at all. He
0: just said I massacred women and children mm. and she said to be angry is to be human.
3: Yeah. That's not anger. That's
0: that's not anger. No. That's a massacre. To massacre women and children is to be human. Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. And this lends credence to your mind trick Absolutely. because she says because what he wants her to say.
3: Precisely. Which
0: is to forgive him so that he can forgive himself and move on
3: yeah now to another degree you could look at it that um that it is just very very poor writing nobody could be asked to write a rational response for for honestly
0: i can't think that a woman who's been a queen of a planet and a senator for that long would say to be angry is to be human after someone told her that he committed this act
3: absolutely it specifically conflicts with her earlier frustration that the the um the senate won't act to save her people when they're suffering and dying yeah um so yeah this is the point where i it really felt like and, and
0: she's the one who bridges the gap between the naboo and the uh, gunguns who uh you know they, they have this weird um animosity is that the word where where they there's almost a class war going on between yeah. them, the morlocks and the eloy
3: yeah Absolutely. Um, but, but she
0: was the one who basically came and knelt down and said, you know, we are not... You're so not thinking you better than us. Mm. Me like a this. Mm. It's a direct quote.
3: Indeed. Um, but yeah, the, the fact that her response is so dead, that it's so... Like, if you look at the way... I mean, the, the performance... You're going to have to give him such leeway here. It's so hard.
2: Such leeway. It's just
3: bad, okay? It's just bad. No, no, no. You break the illusion. No, sorry. Historical
2: documents. I'll give it back.
3: Right, okay. But it's just, I know Natalie Portman is capable of so much more than this. So, yeah. So the fact that, that she's just, she's unreactive, and that if i'm if i'm looking at looking at it through this lens that basically whether consciously or not he is tweaking her mind to make her respond the way he desperately wants her to respond which is to understand and to comfort him because that's that's what he wants right now he's just lost his mother he wants somebody, fucking anybody at this point would do, to give him a hug and tell him everything's going to be okay. And that is exactly what she does. And she doesn't challenge any of the horrendous behaviour that he has just engaged in. Now, I get that there are, there are ways to handle somebody who has just done something awful and clearly regrets it. And I'm not saying that a degree of that kind of response... Mm. would would basically paint her as this incredibly compassionate, understanding person who is desperate to to help him and, and kind of get him through this. Like,
0: we're going to get through this, but we need to get you But help. we need to address this, Because this needs exactly. to be addressed. You need to be able to, like, this needs to come out. You can't live with this yeah. in your head.
3: For a start, she's got to make sure he's not going to turn around and do it again.
0: You fool, you started a war.
3: For, like not even no not even go back and kill more Tuscans. like he's clearly still furious he could start throwing things at her at this point
0: yes he could he throws a cup to illustrate this point <coughs> and as well. we hate movies said when you throw a cup you immediately want it to smash Absolutely. what you don't it want it bounces. is if we're to go boink.
3: Yeah. <laughs> It's no good.
0: Obi Wan is holding me back. But this isn't about the writing it's not. or the performance. And
3: um, also, at this point, I might add, we got another fuck you, Yoda here, uh-huh. um, because uh, basically we see that Yoda can feel Anakin's pain from Tatooine. So you're not telling me he couldn't feel it when the kid was standing in the same damn room with him, which means that he felt it and he fucking ignored it for years. <laughs> for years.
0: And again, this so, this yeah. lends credence to the fact that Yoda feels Anakin's pain. Mm. It like when when Anakin's feeling Shmi's pain, and Obi Wan goes, "It's just a dream." It's like no. Investigate this. Yes,
3: yeah. Explore that shit. But, Yoda- but Obi
0: Wan's off on his fucking detective work.
3: Yeah.
0: I'm not even going to talk about the <laughs> fact. We just
3: we just wanted to keep him busy.
0: That trillions um, of space bucks <laughs> got put aside to, to pay for a clone army, and no one asks why.
3: Yes. Who's keeping the books in this temple? No. Nope. Sorry. Um, the
0: historical documents say they worked it out.
3: Right. Yoda's <laughs> yeah, but churches aren't. Churches, traditionally churches. brilliant at keeping their own accounts yeah. um, Yoda's Yoda's line about blind we are mm-hmm. like he's picking up here at the point that the the Jedi have become incredibly inwardly facing
2: yeah
3: and they are they are corrupt as hell oh, frankly, yeah. at this point they've got a, a collections of knowledge they've got librarians with no wisdom they've got
0: if it's not on our books, then it must not exist. Yeah. Bye.
3: Sorry, that's not a librarian. I'm so. I have known so many librarians in my Is life. Is she a
0: Trump-appointed librarian? I,
3: oh my god, they're, <laughs> they're amazing. Librarians are like right. If if libraries are like my temples and librarians are like my priests, so I, I just the idea of a librarian that goes no, 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 doesn't exist, and I'm not going to help you. And
0: I whew. am a librarian. Yes. And I'm going to kiss you, Mister O'Connell.
3: Go Evie, yeah, she's um, great. but yeah. So that that whole thing about that the, they're starting to be um, unable to. Assess the surroundings properly. They are no longer well, apparently suited. they've got a diminished
0: ability to feel the force. Yes, they're sensing people from planets away, but somehow it's
3: diminished. Yeah, the, clouded
2: uh, right.
1: we have become. Inform the Senate we must of her lessened ability to use the force.
3: Who can't use the force now? I can still use the force. I don't think it's their ability to use the force that they <laughs> just think that their self awareness has become so cramped. By years of basically going, well, we kind of do know that, but that makes us intensely uncomfortable, so we're just going to ignore it.
2: Yeah.
3: Um, and that's now become a generational thing. And Jedi don't that's have how... nightmares. Oh, my God. Right. that This is how nightmares work, people. The more you repress them, the more they happen.
0: That's the thing. Like, Obi-Wan's saying dreams pass in time. If you've told your brain, don't feel that then when you go to sleep at night, you are at the mercy of that brain.
3: Absolutely.
0: Because that brain's going to go, well, you know what? I got some shit to play for you, and it doesn't matter about your will at that point. Yeah,
3: everything that you don't want to know, your subconscious fucking knows, and it will tell you. The
0: Jedi should have the worst nightmares imaginable. (laughs) We are at peace.
3: They totally should. In fact, that's why Yoda's so little and wrinkled. He's basically going around everybody, mind-tricking them into not... Having dreams or not remembering their dreams
0: He's only about 20 He (laughs) says he's 900 (laughs) He's
2: just had such fucked up dreams
3: It's all a cover
0: Count Dooku turns up uh, Really Count Dooku's um, part in this Is minimal it would be important to say that he has one moment, like he goes up against Anakin, and Anakin acts with the swagger, and he puts the young pup down, cuts his arm off, and is probably, you know, he's just about to kill him. Um, but in *Revenge of the Sith*, when Count Dooku is being held at saber point by Anakin, must you know, he's got to just cut his hands off. He doesn't say anything that might help Anakin or save his skin. Mm. He doesn't say anything to put things into perspective. A really important note, and I made this when we were, you know, did the original show, that he needs to say, One day this will be you, boy. He treats us like tools. He doesn't. He just stares in a kind of moo? Huh? Now, we can't say that's down to bad writing. We can merely say that Count Dooku was so surprised at having his hands cut off that his mind betrayed him at that point and he couldn't mm. think of anything clever or important to say.
3: Which is, is rational, yeah. That's suppose so. That does work, yeah. but still, narratively speaking, he could have done with something. He does get one really, really great line, though, which is that the dark side have clouded their vision. Mm-hmm. Now, superficially, that could mean that the Sith are doing things that make stop the Jedi from seeing clearly, but... I take it as basically they've become so fixated on the idea of the dark side and so obsessed about the idea that they have to maintain their rules and strictures and ways of doing things in order that they can make sure that nobody goes to the dark side, that their vision has become incredibly clouded and they can't see clearly that by trying really, really hard to keep their young um, trainees from the dark side, guess fucking what? What? (laughs)
2: So <laughs>
0: So by the end of the movie, they're about to be executed in the arena of vaginas. Oh,
3: hang on. I have one more thing to say about before they go into there. Which I've. Everyone at
0: home went, the arena of what? And now you're going to talk about something else. But okay, I I won't mention that and explain (laughs) what I mean by that. Just
3: just before they go into the vulva arena, I wrote it. They
0: emerge from (laughs) the birth canal into the arena of vaginas. They
3: totally do. And this, by the way, whether George knew it or not, is a massive metaphor of about this one single fixated attachment that governs Anakin through his whole life.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, Freud would have a field day, as would Melanie Klein, but I'm going to talk about that later. you saying
0: he's fixated on the lower Venusian forward plough?
3: Well, he's fixated on what it represents. Okay, then. The thing that he is isolated from and cut off from. Okay. The feminine embodiment of emotional connection.
0: Yeah. Next time you're watching Attack of the Clones, folks, that's something to watch out for when you're uh, in the arena. It's like, yeah. where's Wally? Oh, she's there, she's there, she's there, she's there. She's all over there.
3: Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Continue. Mm-hmm. So, um, basically, Padme makes this confession before they go through. I
0: truly, madly, um, deeply love you.
3: Yeah. Um, now, that feels really fucking off. Yep. That doesn't feel right at all. Nope. Again, this is not in keeping with her character. It's possible that she's having her own internal crisis at this point, convinced that she's about to die and basically just wants to feel something before she goes. This sort of desperation of, of, well, there's just you and me here and uh, whatever you'll do. However, again, I think it's this mind tweaking that's, that's basically now put her in a position where she's really starting to lose her own volition yeah. at this point. This is what Anakin really, really wants to hear right now.
0: That she loves him because that, he's got no mother left, so he desperately he's needs this. He's got
3: nothing. He's got nothing at this point. He's about to die. His mother is dead. He has no, he has no soul left. That's a really overdramatic way of putting it. He has sacrificed any moral... Um high ground.
0: <laughs> the Jedi are about the elimination of the like, self. He doesn't have his self.
3: He doesn't well he doesn't. He doesn't have a self, but he doesn't have anything else either. That's the that's the thing. And, and the effectively idea you of,
0: become an avatar, an embodiment of the Jedi code, and that's
3: it. Yeah, you but you can't, you're not coming at that from a strong position unless you have a really, really strong sense of self. Um the uh the a really good example actually of of the flip of this um is in a, a series of books by an author called Catherine Cohen she has this it's, it's um fantasy setting she has this whole uh, magic system set up and there's a there's several scenes where this old druid like guy is training his apprentice and his basically what he says is you to to work with magic and spiritual things and um and stuff that other people look at and seem mystical because to them it's all very natural it's just part of the natural world they just work with it but his perspective is that basically you've got to be really grounded in who you are you've got to be incredibly solid if you're going to work with this stuff you're because otherwise into the abyss. it will tear you apart
2: yeah
3: and anakin does not have a self he was a slave. He was not allowed a self. He couldn't grow up and and formulate. And that's an how idea the Jedi like it. They grab wants. you when you're
0: four, before you've established who you are, and they say, "This is who you are. Mm. You're the Jedi."
3: Yeah. But ah, no, 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 no. This is the thing. At four, you know who you are. At four, you're figuring out who everyone else is.
0: Everyone else is outside the Jedi. Yeah. You are the Jedi.
3: Yeah. At four, you're shifting your perspective from. I am the centre of the universe and they can use that at that particular age. They can use that to guide you into a here is the greater universe that you've now stepped into. Who you are is actually not all that important. You're, part, you're a piece in a bigger puzzle and handled well not for the love of god at that age but handled well later in life when somebody has more of a solid sense about who they are and how they relate to the rest of the world that's not a bad thing you are not the center of the universe and there are other people out there besides you and you need to be able to get your head around that is a very very important lesson but when somebody doesn't have a firm sense of who they are what do you build that on where's your foundation
0: Again, if we're going to take this as historical documents, uh, this is a series of factions that we are introduced to one after the other. Um, there's the droids, and there's the Naboo, uh, who are all elitists, and there's the Gun Guns, who are all elitists as well. But from their point of uh, perspective, of, you know, we don't like anyone who's not a frog person. <clears throat> and then you get to see the Geonosians, uh, and then you get and you get to see the clones and they're you know they're fighting more droids and by the end you've got clones fighting droids and they're being helped by Jedi. And the Jedi of all these factions are the worst. This comes down to Anakin saying, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil. He's not wrong in saying that. However, he is accurate in saying the Jedi are the worst because they're the ones claiming they have all the answers. Mm. They're the ones being the wise peacekeepers and they're the ones indoctrinating.
3: It's over, Anakin!
0: They're the ones with the moral high ground.
3: And you know they have the moral high ground because they keep kicking everybody else off the goddamn hill.
0: And the Sith are terrible. But at least at this stage, the Sith are underdogs. And through Palpatine... (laughs) Uh, he creates the Empire, who are, again, worse than the Jedi because they're space racists who hate all aliens and will have order. And uh, uh, when Palpatine says, we will have peace, he kind of means it, but it's like a Hitler style of peace where it's like, I think you're mistaking peace with quiet. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
3: I will have an environment where nobody ever dares to uh, disagree with me.
0: But of these factions, quite unlike the later historical documents, the original trilogy and the new trilogy, you don't have rebels that you can be with and go, well, these are clearly the guys... A simplified version of the best of humanity versus a simplified version of the worst of humanity. It's easy to see which faction you can side with. It's when they start to muddy the waters of that and things get into a kind of a grey area. And, and you know, from the point of view of the Empire, they're just trying to have peace. That's when it doesn't feel right in today's climate of white supremacy.
3: But ultimately what that comes down to is anybody who, is, uh, who holds power especially if that power appears to be unassailable and doesn't interrogate that power and look at, you know, why do I have it? Am I using it appropriately? Um, Would it be... How would I react if I was asked to give it up? That's, That's where it comes... The, the dividing line between how the Jedi are behaving at this point and how the Empire behave later is a lot thinner than people would like to think. Because they sit there and go, well, you know, but we're good. Okay, how are you good? Show me how you're good. Show me the behaviour that tells me that you're good. Because so far, the only good things that you've really been doing kind of involve sitting on your ass, not getting involved.
0: As for bringing peace to a republic for a, th- it a thousand years, I think... Um, that it it varies between the historical documents. At some points, it says a thousand years. Some mm. points, Obi Wan says for over a thousand generations, which is a lot longer than it a is. thousand years. It is.
3: But either way, if the Jedi have maintained what they have here for a thousand years, I think it's time for a shakeup.
0: Yeah, but they, uh, much like Caesar, would not let go of that power voluntarily, and right. they weren't able to self-analyze to the point where they're like. We should step down from this and go and be monks somewhere and actually do what monks do. They are not. Yeah, no, they should be (laughs) up Mount Vernon meditating. (laughs) No. So cut forward to the end of the Clone Wars in Revenge of the Sith, who is Adult Anakin now? He's not the same as Teenage Anakin. He's not. It's easy no. to say to, to see them as the same guy, but uh, he's different. It's he has a, a weird crooked smile all the time. Yeah. It's really nerve wracking. He's
3: he's still as fragile. But it's almost worse because now he has formulated this sense of self, but it's a hollow porcelain self that you get a really sneaky feeling would shatter if somebody kicked it in the wrong place.
0: And he bulldozes himself forwards all the time, very aggressively.
3: It starts, by the way, the, um, the hint of where this is going is when they are escaping from the arena and they're in the clone shuttle, and Padme falls out the gunship yeah the gunship um, basically he freaks out at that point um, and Obi-Wan is really unsympathetic he doesn't even attempt to reassure him not even with a basic, look, she's okay, look, she landed on soft sand, she can take care of herself. There's
0: a bunch of clone troopers going to pick her up.
3: Yeah, absolutely. He just screams nothing at her. nothing like, you like you that. You will be expelled from the Jedi Order! Absolutely. No, you just got to cut it off. But just daring just to
0: care about How? one person absolutely. and a dereliction How dare you of duty. care
3: about her? And at this point, again, remember that attachment I was telling you about? Yeah. That's now fixated on her? That's just got yanked as like distance. At this point, he can't bear to be away from her. And that is what you see when we come into into uh, Revenge of the Sith.
0: Even though he has been away from her, according he- to Clone Wars, for about three years, going off on military sorties.
3: Yeah, absolutely. But that, that, I think, is part of what's built up this fragile exterior that he's created because he's had to try and protect himself from that attachment being constantly pulled and threatened and yanked at.
0: And they've been secretly married, and in Clone Wars, she clearly carried on being...
3: <laughs> yeah! he gets rewarded for all of that aggressive behaviour yeah. with a with a secret marriage secret Brilliant. bride
0: in the Brilliant. Clone Wars she gets to carry on being a senator and doing her senator thing and she does kind of do that a little bit in uh, Revenge of the Sith but it also seems a lot more in the historical document film that uh, she's just been kind of hiding in his house yeah. not seeing anyone and no one's noticed that she's pregnant
3: at this point Padme gone yeah frankly and it's terrifying sometimes
0: yeah, this is the worrying thing, because she is totally under his thrall mm-hmm. at this stage. Yeah. It's like room.
3: Mm. And and if that's the case, if he does keep going... <gasps> yep. Oh, my God. He just got it. <laughs> because if he keeps going off to do these, these military exercises and, and uh, missions, mm-hmm. and the idea of being away from her and separated from her terrifies him that much... Then again, even if he doesn't do it consciously, he's going to be putting force energy into maintaining that connection, so that he can, so that he can tweak her from a distance. Don't
0: leave. Stay. Oh my
3: God, it's worse than I thought.
0: <laughs> again, it was probably subconscious, oh. but she's in his brain. She's uh, like he's fixated on her. He says, "You know, you're so beautiful," and she says. That's because I'm so in love with you, and he replies, "No, it's because I'm so in love with you." Yeah, and this just layer upon—it's not bad writing, folks. It's just layer upon layer. I'm
3: so in love with you. I make you think whatever I want you to think.
0: It's because I'm so in love with you. No, it's because I'm so in love with you. Whether you're in love with me or not, kind of doesn't matter. Mm. I'm telling you right now, I'm so in love with you. Anakin doesn't understand what love is.
3: This relationship should not be.
0: If he loved her, he would let her go. And this whole final uh, historical document is about obsession Mm. and the difference between Jane Austen love and Charlotte Bronte obsession. Yes.
3: I've got a note here that says, Is he Jedi mind-tricking her again? Yes! Yes, he is! He does it constantly!
0: Yeah, the answer to that is always yes. Yes,
3: yeah. And and the whole sort of... (laughs) I love you, no, I love you more. Mm. uh, That's not her. That's not even him. That is an an ideal that he's read in a book somewhere about how a relationship should be. This is another thing. He's got no model for an adult loving relationship. Mm. His mother did not demonstrate one for him.
0: It's not bad writing. It's bad Anakin. The point when she says, Anakin, you're tearing me apart, uh, this is, I believe, after she finds out that he's killed younglings, uh, she means, emotionally, inside my head, mm. I want to, ethically I want speaking, to I want to, to abandon get away you, from you, but I right can't, now. so you are literally tearing me apart.
3: Absolutely. She says at this point, tearing moment, me like, apart, Anakin! Now long, it's like the room. How long is it, <laughs> Oh my god, Yes. She says, "How long is it going to take us to be honest with each other?" Hi, babe. Good question. Good question. I was asking that myself. But again, she dismisses his concerns and sweeps it all under the carpet. But again, at this point, don't
0: worry about I, it.
3: I, I, she's doing it because he wants her to.
0: Don't worry about it, Padme. You look so sexy.
3: And she and this oh, this was one thing that really wound me up. Um, the the thing about what's going to happen if people find out she's pregnant, she won't be allowed to keep serving in the Senate. Mm-hmm. Why not?
0: Because, well, basically, I think she's worried that if she gets found out, then she will have tampered with the Jedi. Mm. And that she will have brought shame and and, uh, exposed corruption within the Jedi Council, Mm -hmm. which means they will expel her from being a senator for messing with the Jedi.
3: Okay. Do you think that strong-minded, know-my-own-intent Padme from the first film... Mm would immediately start thinking like that.
0: No, I think kept woman, Padme, mm. would uh, would uh, start thinking that.
3: Indeedy. Yep. and And because he can't plant fears in her head that he doesn't have. Mm. That's the thing. If he's putting these seeds of ideas in her head, they're coming from him. And there is no there's, there is no logical reason why she couldn't continue serving in the Senate whilst pregnant or even with a baby. Guess what? People do it all the time. They have kids and jobs. That's how it works. But this, the idea that she might lose the Senate, that's a hook that he's got her on. Yeah. Because that's something that's that fear. is deeply, deeply important to her. Yeah and if he can put in that fear that that might go away and especially at this point if she is in this this relationship where he is all she has then outside of that what she got the senate is all that her role as a senator is is the only thing that gives us some goddamn relief
0: and that's not because from this Terrible writing that shows this place as a very sterile, inhuman world. It was, from the historical documents, a very sterile, inhuman world where your whole your job was your whole life. Mm,
3: Yeah, absolutely. Right. um, So
0: it's good that it went down.
3: I've got something that I just wanted to refer to here, by the way, um, because what goes on between how how the Jedi are and this ideal that they are shaping of, of how a person should be in terms of not needing relationships and, and not having possession of anything and blah, 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 um, and how Anakin basically responds to that. It's a really, really good example of a couple of types of emotional attachment. Now, um, attachment theory is basically this this psychological idea of how children... Relate to their parents and and their caregivers when they're very small, basically becomes the template for how they relate to everybody after that, and it will it will be in to greater or lesser degree depending on how intense the relationship is. Now I'm going to read you um, a basic summation of what's called. Uh, dismissive avoidant attachment there's there's the good kind good inverted commas the healthy kind is secure attachment where you you trust your parents and they trust you and that can grow into an ability to form healthy relationships as you get older Um, but then there's other kinds and they they are unhealthy in different ways so this is this is dismissive avoidant Um, People with a dismissive style of attachment uh, tend to agree with these statements. I am comfortable without close emotional relationships. Mm -hmm. Okay. It -hmm. is important to me to feel independent and self-sufficient. And I prefer not to depend on others or have others depend on me. The desire for independence... The Sith
0: and the Jedi would say yes to this.
3: Absolutely. The desire for independence often appears as an attempt to avoid attachment altogether. They view themselves as self-sufficient and invulnerable to feelings associated with being closely attached to others. They often deny needing close relationships. Some may even view close relationships as relatively unimportant. They seek less intimacy with attachments, which they often view less positively um, than they view themselves. Uh, Investigators commonly note the defensive character of this attachment style. So basically, where this comes from is... I've been hurt, so I will close myself off and not allow anybody to hurt me again. Mm. Okay. Um, And it tends to be, uh, people with this style of attachment tend to suppress and hide their feelings and deal with rejection by distancing themselves from the sources of rejection, um, e.g., their attachments. Okay. So that is obviously the Jedi. To yep. me, this is what they've set up, right? Now, this is uh, the other type, or one of the other types, is anxious, preoccupied. And I think this defines Anakin to a T, particularly when he's younger. Um, So people with anxious preoccupied attachment type tend to agree with the following statements I want to be completely emotionally intimate with others But I often find that others are reluctant to get as close as I would like And I am uncomfortable being uncomfortable, sorry Being without close relationships But I sometimes worry that others don't value me as much as I value them Uh, People with this style of attachment seek high levels of intimacy, approval and responsiveness from their attachment figure. They sometimes value intimacy to such an extent that they become overly dependent on the attachment figure. He is way overly dependent on Padme. Compared to securely attached people, uh, people who are anxious or preoccupied with attachment tend to have less positive views about themselves. They may feel a sense of anxiousness that only recedes when in contact with the attachment figure. They doubt their worth as a person and blame themselves for the attachment figure's lack of responsiveness. Um, They may exhibit high levels of emotional expressiveness, which he does and gets punished for repeatedly. Uh, emotional dysregulation, which is is basically where you can't bring your emotions under a reasonable degree of control. Um, so you, you have to react, basically. You feel it and you have to respond to that. You can't like put it away and come back to it later. Um, and impulsiveness in their relationships, which he does. I think that's Anakin definitely in clones. The way that manifests as Revenge of the Sith progresses, Anakin's response to Obi-Wan... And the way he becomes suspicious of him, it becomes a form of abandonment panic. He freaks out. He pushes Obi-Wan away as punishment for leaving him. His sense of control is starting to slip away from him. And he's grabbing at Padme harder than ever. He's desperate to hold on to her, desperate to control her, desperate to control every outcome of this situation. Because he can see that it is now all falling apart.
0: Mm. now again you've got a uh, dream this time he's foretelling the future it's possible that he was foretelling the future before uh, and that actually he'd had the uh the dreams of his uh, mother's uh terrible ordeal for long before it actually happened and the same thing happens again and he doesn't tell he doesn't tell does he, he doesn't tell Obi Wan about it because he can't tell anyone about the fact that no. Padme might die. He
3: can't he can't tell anyone the about the The only person he tells is
0: Palpatine. Is Palpatine which brings us to he's, Palpatine. He's surely. not
3: gonna clamp down with the whole, world. Well, you shouldn't have relationships and then this kind of thing wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um he I think he does talk to Yoda about it in the abstract. And that's when he gets the, the lecture about don't be afraid of losing people. Yeah. You know, don't don't be sad. People, because die. people are dead. Miss it them, happens. do not. Yeah, don't miss them. God damn it, do you have any idea how grief works, Yoda?
0: In principle, I agree with Yoda in terms of... There are people who are incredibly calm about death and accepting. And that's a wise and spiritual viewpoint. And there are people who are absolutely terrified of it. And that fear will manifest in violent, scary ways. Most people are kind of in the middle. Scared of death and distracting themselves. But that's not what Yoda says. No. Yoda literally says people pass away don't miss them
3: yeah don't miss them is really really bad advice how you live with grief and it doesn't pull you apart is well i, I mean it's the not whole flawless. of new
0: century is about dealing with grief but on a global you, scale you
3: can't you can't change anything until you accept that it is true you can't address the fact that you are sad until you accept that you are sad you can't address that you are afraid until you accept that you are afraid if you're running around going i don't feel this i don't miss anybody because your great and wise and noble leader has told you not to then how can you ever reconcile any of this You're just constantly going through your life trying to stuff everything in a bag and eventually that bag gets way too big and heavy for anyone to carry. Least of all, a teenage boy who has never been taught how to process any of this. And any time he tries to share it with anyone gets told to shut up.
0: The only person he is able to talk to about this is Sheev Palpatine, a man who doesn't tell him no and tells him yes. And Palpatine tells him... Who was it that said this? A story? On The Case Against the Jedi. I think that, that was the one that really made me think we've got to reevaluate these films. Mm. So huge thanks to Pop Culture Detective. We would love to get him on the show. But the point that he made was that Shiv tells Anakin a story. He tells him about Darth Plague, Just the Wise. He gives him something to believe in, something to aim for. Mm. He tells him that his power can make him incredible, but not that he has to watch out. For his power and stop himself growing too strong he says you're exceptional use that he tells him that he can even stop the people he loves from dying and anakin's greatest weakness is of course that he has never been able to cope with and comprehend death because qui-gon died in phantom menace mm-hmm. and shmi died in attack of the clones mm-hmm. and he's terrified that padme might die and the fear of that is what governs his actions in revenge of the sith Hand in hand with acquisition of power for himself. Palpatine manipulates that fear and obsession with death itself uh, into what Anakin feels is a positive use of his energies. And Palpatine knows exactly what buttons to press, exactly how to lie to him in a way that will trap Anakin. Uh, ...in doing what he's needed to do as a tool. Mm.
3: And a big part of how he lies to him, by the way... ...is telling him the truth. Because a lot of what he says... ...is true.
0: And the Jedi don't?
3: His questioning of the Jedi... ...is entirely legitimate... ...but it's being done in a way that is... ...manipulative and charming... And
0: neatly avoiding all of the evil shit that he's got planned for everything. And it is
3: constructed in a very specific way to get this impressionable
0: (laughs) But the Jedi's emails.
3: (laughs) (laughs) But but this, you know, this young guy who is scared shitless and being entirely unsupported, he offers him a rope. And of course he's gonna grab it.
0: And we've not mentioned Mace Windu the whole way through, but Mace is kind of... Kind of who Anakin would like to be on the council. He's very assertive, he's very... Like, what what Mace says goes. He's large and in charge, and he doesn't have that kind of pacifism thing that Yoda mostly tends to operate on. Obviously, Yoda takes part in military coups as well during the Clone Wars, but he generally tends to be kind of the, the wise Buddhist Zen master. Mace Windu, very specifically uses a very aggressive lightsaber style that calls on dark force energy uh, and has that aggressive determination which Anakin sees himself as having as well which is why Anakin's like well why can't I be on the council you got this holographic guy sitting there I you know you haven't got a spare seat for me like you know they don't develop the rivalry between Mace and Anakin but it would have been great to see Mace's weaknesses or if Mace had actually turned out to be a plant by the Sith But they don't develop that, and historically speaking, uh, Mace Windu was simply a particularly pushy Jedi who dismissed the misgivings of others, especially Anakin, whilst at the same time standing in Anakin's way and being one of the number one no-men. And while giving this sort of young man their own way without debating it is incredibly unhealthy, not giving them their own way without explaining it properly is also dangerous. And it left him very open to manipulation by uh, Palpatine. So when it came down to a choice between Palpatine and Mace... Mace representing the entire Jedi Council. It wasn't even really a choice for Anakin in the
3: end. But he tells him the truth. He does tell him the truth about what Palpatine is trying to do. Which, to me, says that at this point, he still knows what the right thing is. And he still wants to do it.
0: Anakin tells Mace the truth. Yeah. There's so many hymns in this movie. Sorry. No, the you're only absolutely one who's wrong. not a, 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 a hymn is the walking womb that is amateur. Sorry, she's not a walking womb. This is not about bad writing and not including enough females in your uh, uh, overall story. This is historically speaking, women are kind of useless. So then they don't can't figure into the story. Sorry, guys. Historically speaking, that's accurate. Ugh. Feel filthy, <laughs> but yeah, so he Anakin tells Mace the truth, mm. attempting to do the right thing, but then finds himself weighing over his head. Yes, and this, and
3: by the way, it's okay because there's actually shed loads of stuff going on with women in this universe. It's just that we're looking at a very specific set of historical documents, and they yeah. only looked at this very sort of you know phallocentric,
0: yeah, but it really structure. was just the men who decided what was going to happen with the rulership of the galaxy. A lot of a lot of Male clones.
3: A lot of ins, a lot of outs.
0: outs. There were female Jedi, they just weren't allowed to talk. So yeah. They even deleted a scene with Shakti where she was killed by General Grievous. Mm. General Grievous, one of the uh, few major characters who had absolutely no impact on Anakin's
3: fall uh, yeah, no, to the
0: dark side. Yeah. He didn't look at that guy and think. Well, I hope I don't end up a uh, wheezing, barely alive, uh, electronically powered wretch being manipulated by Palpatine.
3: Maybe he should have.
0: (laughs) Anyway... At this point, the massacre's now happening. Uh, Anakin has, has gone over the line. He kills Mace, and it's just, it's like, now that he's done that, it's really, really easy for him to decide there's no going back from this. No,
3: no, no. If I'm oh. going to keep
0: Padme alive.
3: But that's the thing. What pushes him over the edge is Palpatine going, yeah, I don't really know. But we can find out together. Together. Oh, That's not what I right. told you. Okay, so at this. At that point, stage,
0: Anakin should have killed Palpatine.
3: Basically, yes, but he's. You he fucking has, liar! He has at this. And then point. decided
0: what to do with his life because at that stage he'd be free.
3: He's got nothing left to lose at that point, really. But yeah, his the stage. He may have the
0: entire remaining Jedi Council on his case, mm. but I think Order sixty six happens just after this.
2: Yeah.
0: But um, it hasn't been issued yet. If he'd just killed Palpatine, Order sixty six wouldn't have happened.
3: Hmm. <gasps> Oh my he was God. that close. Oh my God. So this is this is his... his He has this one chance for redemption.
0: As in, like, I shouldn't have killed Mace Windu. Well, I shouldn't have cut off Mace Windu's arm there. He didn't kill him. No. He just disarmed him, literally. Yeah. And Palpatine him killed him. And then uh, he says, right, about that uh, ability to keep Padme alive. And he's like, don't actually know it, but surely together we can make it happen at that point sheer
3: unbridled rage at this point would actually have been a little bit useful
0: at that point Anakin could have gotten fucking Shiv happy with him Mm. and uh, and
3: then Order 66 never happened yep alrighty then
0: alrighty in a different universe maybe that did happen in different historical documents but in this he's over the edge and Palpatine gets him to go and kill children now Previously in the past, I have said that this, this is where the movies go like over a line that I can no longer... Like, they've been shit up to this point, but I can no longer accept uh, Anakin murdering children. The idea being that if he had some line somewhere where he actually tried to to resist, to resist mm-hmm. where... And I've, I've, you know, I've been questioned from this before, like, so he just stood to one side and let the clones do it? No, but if he was off dealing with adult Jedi and refused to kill the children, and then it found out that it had already happened, and then shed a tear and realised that was his line, but he was unable to prevent it. But then I suppose if he's carrying on working for this force who slaughter children, he's still effectively going along with it. There's no two ways about it. If you're going to kill children, that's... Mm. that's
3: you, you kind of forfeit all rights to sympathy there.
0: And George sets that up early mm. again in this historical document he's crafting by showing you the younglings in episode 2 and implicating the first one that there are lots of Jedi kids.
3: And ultimately Anakin has already killed children. This is not a first for him.
0: Yeah, Tusken Raiders. So it's yeah. just like just like being back on Tatooine Anakin. On a side note by the way and this actually still is kind of in keeping with historical documents. There's a bunch of episodes of Clone Wars where a bunch of kid Padawans first build their lightsabers and have to go through Jedi trials and they're adorable and I just thought while I was watching them what I really want because we never see them die specifically on screen because they were created after the fact of uh, Revenge of the Sith and it came down to
1: just one word, Eden okay your nurse, she read too many stories, you understand? too many stories. Mira. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen it. Okay? This all here, none of this. No, no though. Okay? You understand me? This Eden does not exist. No. No. It's a fantasy. Okay, see that? The, the, those are the names of the people who just made this. <laughs> they made this whole thing up. Okay? This whole, it happened once and they just turned it into a big fucking lie. That's all this is. No. Fuck. <coughs> no, no, I understand. Aquí, this, is, aquí está mi this is a long way. You understand? I am not taking you to North Dakota,
0: a place the Jedi kids and the the Jedi who escaped the purge could escape to, a planet that masks Force energy. Asa. They basically sit out the whole galactic civil war and the rise of the Empire for those 19 years and then the rebellion and then everything that happened in Luke's Academy and that basically Ryan Johnson's off on a different part of the galaxy. Maybe we find a planet where some Jedi kids went and then grew up and grew old and either are now dead and their children are uh, are running around this planet being all Force-sensitive and stuff but were masked from Vader and Palpatine and were unable to... You know, a place where Jedi could run. Mm. I like that idea as a tiny little hope that could be clung to. Because this is so grim, but also so small scale. Like if you watch it, there's only a a dozen Jedi actually get killed on camera. And they talk about the, the, the size of their library. If that's just for a dozen Jedi, are you kidding me? None of them got through the net. So there's room in upcoming films and productions to actually cover a whole bunch of Jedi and company who escaped the Purge, but that George never thought about when he was documenting further.
3: Mm. So what Anakin destroys at this point is not the Jedi as a, as a whole, like not all of them, not wiping out every single last Jedi in the universe, um, but the Jedi structure.
0: And yeah, he kills kids and it's fucking unconscionable and this is the fault. This is what all of we've been talking about has been leading up to. It is understandable if you look at how he... every Every person he turned to for help said, don't worry about it, for his whole life. I don't commiserate with the guy. He's a monster. He's terrible. And here's the thing... If you're starting to look at it like this, that infects Vader. Vader can't be cool anymore. Vader can't be the blackest brother in the galaxy. He can't be this figurehead of, of, you know, aspirational menace and this cool villain. He's a monster who killed children. If you disregard the prequels entirely and say that didn't happen, Vader can maybe still be cool. If you take them on board as historical fact vader can't be cool anymore so that bit in rogue one where he's carving up the guys he's the child murderer there
3: Hmm. and so um, you'll forgive
0: me for not thinking vader is cool uh
3: the thing at the end of return of the jedi tell your sister you were right yep because he if he says that to leia leia's gonna go uh no no he was horrendous (laughs)
0: Oh, oh! you said they were still good in him. Okay, so he took revenge on the Emperor who lied to him about his arm uh, arm. And, uh, you know, that he, one little good thing he did after a lifetime nearly of misdeeds. Yeah. He was an indoctrinated slave doing the bidding of Watto and then the Jedi and then Palpatine his whole life. And he fought against it. Like, you know, Vader stages little rebellions in whatever EU you read. He's sneakily trying to, to take down Palpatine. You know, he's, he's, do, he's got his own stuff going on. But he never just stages a hostile takeover bit. Yeah. When he comes limping back towards Palpatine, one-handed in Jedi, Palpatine is so sure of his hold on Vader that he doesn't pay him any attention. He never stops zapping Luke long enough to go, Vader... We good still? (laughs) What are you looking at me like that for? But back to this afternoon where Anakin's killing younglings, Uh, one character that we haven't talked about at all because she was created after the fact is Ahsoka Tano, his Padawan, a a character who the whole Clone Wars may as well be about, uh, who at the end of the series leaves the Jedi Order because she's accused of a crime she didn't commit And they won't hear her out. They throw her out because it makes her look bad. Because she makes them look bad.
3: Yeah, on some extremely flimsy circumstantial evidence, I might add.
0: And the way her trial takes place is a mockery of justice. Like the lights go on and she's this tiny little girl stood on a tiny platform with like empty space on either side. She could fall to her death. And she's surrounded by these gargoyle priest Jedi counselors with like underlit, so they look extra spooky. And they're like, Silence! The Jedi Council will now call to order. And this is Dave Filoni and company underlining how fucked the Jedi are.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Of all of these factions, the Jedi are the worst because they have convinced themselves that they are fundamentally good. Yeah
3: that their approach is unassailable, that nobody can question them.
0: And Ahsoka is eventually exonerated and it turns out it was someone else who did it. And they say, do you want to come back to the Order? And she says, no. And rightly leaves them, goes off, becomes a grey Jedi, survives the Jedi purge, effectively abandons the indoctrination that she uh, went through and she abandons the idea of being sent out by them to do their killing. Or to secure the continued power of the Republic, which she no longer trusts. Because speaking of which, I mean, obviously Anakin never thinks of her because the historical documents have Anakin shun her like, again, the Amish. And um, he's never allowed to think of or talk about this terrible failure of this, his Padawan, who left the Jedi Order in disgrace, not two months ago you
3: know what episode. that is when when they say right she's not one of us anymore you can't think about her you can't talk about her you don't mention her name well I was just going to say cults that's very culty behaviour
0: yeah and the Jedi are a cult they're the worst and Yoda in, on seeing that Anakin's become this uh, attack dog for a, uh, a malevolent force rightly says to uh, Obi-Wan he's got to be taken down go and kill him I'm going to go take down Palpatine and both of them fail. Mm-hmm. obi Wan's was sent to kill him and doesn't kill him. He just cuts off his, his uh, legs and one of his arms and uh, allows it him to be, Leaves
3: him to burn to death. Leaves
0: him to burn to death.
3: Jesus, Obi-Wan. I mean, like, I know you feel bad, but that's extreme.
0: And it's that's the only good bit of acting in the if you're going to step outside the historical documents bit. It's the only bit of uh, good acting. You were that chosen one. That speech, and just Anakin rolling around in the uh, uh, the embers, screaming and on fire. It's heightened passion, but it's real, and it feels like had that lightsaber fight been shorter, it would have been a great culmination. It's not because it goes on forever and it's too many flips and it's uh, ridiculous. But uh, everything is in this whole trilogy, if you're going to look at it as a film rather than a historical document. He can help you. He was meant to help you.
1: The boy is dangerous. They all sense it, why can't you? His fate is uncertain. He's not dangerous. Afraid, are you? No, sir. See through you. We can. Your thoughts dwell on your mother. I miss her. Afraid to lose her, I think, hmm? What has that got to do with anything? Fear is the path to the dark side.
3: I've been dying a little bit each day since you came back into my
1: life. I thought that we had decided not to fall in love.
3: I truly, deeply
1: love you. The Jedi Council want control of the Republic. You are on this council, but we do not grant you the rank of master. They're planning to betray me. Take a seat, young Skywalker. All who gain power are afraid to lose it. Even the Jedi. Death is a natural part of life. Rejoice for those around you who transform into the Force. Mourn them, do not. Miss them, do not. The Sith rely on their passion for their strength. They think inwards only about themselves. And the Jedi don't. Attachment leads to jealousy. The shadow of greed. That is. I can feel. Your focus makes you stronger. Your focus determines your reality. Train yourself to let go. I love you! Liar! You brought him here to kill me! No! Let her go, Anakin! You will not take her from me! Till now, you have become the very thing you swore to destroy. I see through the lies of the Jedi. I do not fear the dark side as you do. I have brought peace, freedom, justice, and security to my new empire. My allegiance is to the Republic! To democracy! You underestimate my power! You were the chosen one! It was said that you would destroy this Sith! Not join them! Bring balance to the Force! Not leave it in darkness
2: I hate you! You were my brother, Anakin! I loved you!
0: This episode isn't about what a tragic figure Anakin cuts, nor how fascinating he is, because he frankly isn't. He's a weak, aggressive, scared man, capable of feats of prowess that a lot of people find impressive. A broken, stunted, twisted wraith, who grew up in an environment where he could not receive the help or support, which could have assisted him in confronting his fears, his pains, his demons, and his desires. The stagnant society he reached manhood in did not prize honesty, or revision, or self-examination, or therapy, or admission of fallibility. It prized shows of strength. Everyone told Anakin he was special. He was an exceptional individual in a group of exceptional individuals. Anakin always did as he was told. He railed against it and loved in frustration wishing he could do something else and eventually he was told to do terrible things and did not see enough reasons not to do them anakin's tale has parallels with so many young men we've been fed stories about exceptional heroes plucked from everyday settings king arthur luke skywalker harry potter we've been fed anti-heroes like tyler durden the joker anakin skywalker who railed against this unfair system What we can learn from that is that the system needs as much help as possible, as much compassion in the right areas to give people clearer opportunities before they become dangerously angry. For teachers and parental figures to be able to recognise warning signs much earlier, for a better life for our children, the Anakins of this world need to be intercepted and told how very not special they are, and told that's okay, and that they have a whole heap in common with everyone else, and that's a good thing. Just like hurricanes we cannot entirely rule out this kind of disaster but with the right understanding, the clearer mindset and the maximum preparation time we can minimize the damage that they do to the people who never deserve to be placed in their path. Yoda fails to kill Palpatine and he he gets away and he scurries away to his hole and he thinks about things for 19 years and then when Luke turns up he tries his level best to prevent Luke from uh, becoming like Anakin but the tools he's using are based on the teachings and the principles of the Jedi and they once again tell Luke, don't care about your friends, don't love and that is the worst thing the jedi can say don't love because how can anyone relate to that how can anyone live without love doesn't even have to be romantic love you can love your friends you can love your family and the jedi code is to abandon that to push that on people and, you know, if you've made your decision to, to be a, a, a monk and um, to, to separate yourself from the world, to only love the world... Remotely. remotely. But you're not also picking up a laser sword and going off slaughtering people. Mm. It's or
3: adjudicating in trade disputes.
0: The Jedi Order had too many jobs and they conflicted.
3: Mm. Yeah.
0: And Yoda teaches Luke wrongly. And Luke, in Episode Eight, is angry at <laughs> his own failure. And how sure he was that he could do things better. Despite the fact that he was given just a few days' teachings from two inaccessible teachers, both emotionally and physically, who then disappeared and left him to train himself. And a future generation of Jedi. With only what he'd learned, with only what he could gather. Of course he failed. And it now falls to Rey to fix that shit to do it again from scratch but maybe this time with love Mm. perhaps a lifetime of rigid training was a hindrance to every living Jedi in the past and trying to somehow replicate that on minimal training was where Luke failed and I love the original trilogy but seeing the echoes of this stuff because George went backwards when creating these historical documents to uncover the past he created a unnatural, abhorrent environment, psychologically speaking. What
3: series of fuck-ups could result in this particular outcome?
0: And now the past... It doesn't matter! It's
1: in the past! (laughs) Yeah, but it still hurts. Oh yes, the past can hurt. But the way I see it, you can either run from it or learn from it. And I think
0: that Disney will follow their own advice. I'd like to think that the generation who were kids seeing these movies didn't take this message so much to heart and had Harry Potter to readjust them. Mm. Because mm. just as this was happening, Harry Potter was really beginning to flourish and turning into a, a, a book series and film series that became the Star Wars of our generation where this failed. Yeah.
3: Yeah. And also, oh, um, that
0: sorry, not even our generation. Our generation was Star Wars, but uh, the the next generation, millennials.
3: I I do really think though that the the parallel between Anakin and and Kylo Ren is a strong one to explore. Oh yeah, you've got that shape of he started to fall when he was sent away.
0: Yeah it's, again, it's about the denial of natural, familial and relationship-based love. Yeah. Just the, all of these things that basically make life worth living were the things the Jedi were denying.
3: Absolutely. And putting aside and, and going, not important. Absolutely. And not recognising that when something happens that, regardless of how it's intended, feels like a rejection on some level, you've got to mitigate that shit. You have to talk about it. You have to let the person who's being impacted talk about it. Work through it. Not just say, eh, you no, know, you're being daft. You don't really think that. You're not, that's not the right way to think about it. Don't invalidate somebody else's responses. They are legitimate to them, even if they're not legitimate to you. They are not you. Let them fucking feel.
0: So, yeah, I'm very excited to see where Disney go with this. Uh, It's kind of a blank slate for episode 9. This whole thing could collapse. Or it could take off and soar. But I think with the past being what it is now, we can accept that the prequels were the recounting of a series of terrible mistakes, all of which related to inhuman levels of refusal to empathise.
3: Finn, Rey and Kylo have all been separated from their families at a very young age. Yeah.
0: And Poe grew up with a family. There was a forced tree in the back garden, apparently.
3: Yeah.
0: So, yeah, Poe had a decent uh, uh, upbringing there. But Finn was taken away from his family at a very young age and indoctrinated into the stormtrooper cult. Mm-hmm. Raised to fight, raised to believe in an ideology that he wasn't uh, originally going to until he was taken, Mm -hmm. and his heart's just not in it. But rather than going on a killing spree, he does the exact opposite. He runs from the fight and decides, I don't want this to be me anymore. And it then takes uh, a lot of uh, inspiration from the others around him, from Poe and from Ray, and even BB 8 and Mars and Han and Chewie and later on Rose to get him to decide you know what there's other stuff that I could fight for mm. as he says I've, I was raised to fight I've got nothing to fight for in the, in the trailer Finn is no better off than those children snatched by the Jedi the stormtroopers also have to eliminate the self they become numbers mm. they aren't even people
3: they're all elements of Anakin Hotshot fighter, slave abandoned on a desert planet,
0: and child taken and indoctrinated to be a cog in the imperial war machine. Jesus.
3: And child strong in the Force that everybody else is terrified of, Kinda, who manifests yeah. it in an aggressive manner.
0: I hadn't even thought of that. I was so busy fixating on the, the, you know, who was the analog of Luke, Leia, and Han that I never thought about the fact that Anakin was split amongst the four leads of the new trilogy. And it is, of course, of absolute interest to me that this trilogy has now become, look, the old people fucked the whole world up. Now it's just the young people left alive to grapple this one out to work out what the ideology is going to be as we move forwards. And it is very telling, actually, now that I think about it, that the final shot in Revenge of the Sith is about family. It's got two sets of parents being handed two babies that are not their own and deciding that they're going to love them no matter what and raise them in the right way. And it's like after all these years of being weird creeps, suddenly you guys get it.
3: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: And that's the new hope.
3: And 19 years later, they are still living with the families that took them in.
0: Yeah. So that was We Need to Talk About Anakin, a fresh look at the Star Wars prequel trilogy. I don't think Sharon and I need to revisit these films for a while. I think we can let the past die, and hopefully these new kids won't make the same mistakes as their grandparents. They'll make all new ones. I've been Alex Shaw.
3: I've been Sharon Shaw.
0: And School's School's out. Out.